I tell people like making a podcast is almost like being a rapper you know it's like you go to the studio if you're in a group some rappers take you more serious than the other guys <laughs> right same thing, man. so E welcome to No Fucks yeah. Given Hoppa J is Thank on you. the way um, I'm really excited to have you on here today because it's interesting because you know me when I was in college undergrad mm. so you know yeah. young Justin as I was becoming the man I am today you you met yep. me at, at the beginning yep. of that stage you know you don't know Jason because he was from Johnson and Wells, but okay. you know, I, I think it's really awesome to have eventually both of you guys on here and kind of talk about like growing up in Miami. Cause you were originally from where? Uh, well, Seattle originally, I moved from Seattle. Um, I was born in Los Angeles and then moved okay. from Seattle, spent the two years in Miami and then came back West. Oh, I don't know why I always thought you came from somewhere else. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did have family in South America. I mean, I could have been that. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Argentina. Yep. Yeah, yep. I don't know why I thought you gave him Argentina to Miami and then went to West Coast. <laughs> parents, parents did, but yeah, I was first first gen American. Mm. What's up, man? Um, yeah, how's the yeah, West Coast right there. now? It's nice, you know. It's chill. I've always, I've always like appreciated the different vibe. I think it's a little more um, relaxed. I would say, you know, uh, just like especially working at AT and T and having the corporate culture in the West Coast compared to the East Coast. Uh, even though Miami was very you know laid back and stuff too, a lot of the leadership and stuff were old school New Yorkers or you know upstate, and so they're just a lot more traditional shirt and tie, you know, type of business. And West Coast is more like polo shirt, shorts, you know, chill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't know if it's just like the, the, we're more spread out, you know, like if you go to Los Angeles, it's a lot of people, but they're like everywhere, you know, whereas New York, they're all living on top of each other. Yeah. So, when you, play, you know, it's a little more, a little more tension, a little more hard around the edges, you know, um, LA, you got your backyards and your barbecues and the nice weather all year round. So it's just a different vibe for sure. No, absolutely. I mean, so really the West Coast is really that chill. Bro, it's chill. It's super chill. My cousin moves. Uh, he's in um, he's in California. I always forget. It's not. He's he's out, he's outside of LA. Like maybe an hour or so, a little further up okay. on, the, on the coast. He's always telling me like, yeah, I gotta come out there. It's such a different vibe. I just feel like it I'm is. kind of uptight too. Like I like my suit. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I like, I like the bow ties and all that. And yeah, you know, like it's uh, part of me. I don't know if I can just shake. Yeah. I know. Yeah, for sure. Like it's just one thing is when you get out here, you're like I don't have to do this every day. You're like okay, okay, I'm getting used to it. You know. How it is definitely, I think more so, sorry, yeah, more so the last, like, I'd say five to 10 years has gotten even more relaxed on the, even on the corporate side, like Verizon or AT&T, for example, you couldn't have tattoos, you know, showing on the sales floor and now they don't even care. You know? So like to see these fortune 500, 500 companies just like, yeah, you know, be, be who you are on the sales floor, do you go out and kill it, you know, just, you know, be yourself. I think that's a, that's a good thing to see for sure. I wish education had that. <clears throat> yeah, no. Yeah. I always <laughs> that's what kind of makes this a weird space you know because um, I have a I have a background in education and I always like you know I was telling my friend one day he was like you know I don't want none of my any kids I work with to know about this podcast For um, sure. it's not that I think we're doing anything bad I just feel like you, there's a maturity that kids got to have to understand where I'm coming from you know right. but one of my friends said you know kids they got the internet they see everything so mm -hmm. kids might, might actually take to you more if they saw you in your true form that's a good no, point. I tell people on social media, you know, especially on my Twitter, like, don't look at my Twitter and think this is me. You kind of got to understand my personality to really get my words. If not, you'll get For lost sure. with the assumptions. But um, where was I going with this? 
But damn, where was I going with this? I hate when this happens. So many thoughts right now. <laughs> so many thoughts, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, just having to constantly, you know, maintain that. I just feel like society, we're still stuck with trying to maintain these images, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. I, and I get why, you know, but for me, I feel like what's, what, what's been troubling us so long is just, we just need to be honest and talk about things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think um, when it comes to the youth, just talk to them about it more. Yeah. Oh, perfect timing. Okay, Hoffa. You just gonna push up or something? You got your tank top on? Drop it, my guy. So, Hoffa, <clears throat> I really thought this was an interesting uh, conversation today because um, over here, my friend, um, oh, Eric. You want to call you Eric E? Uh, I always call you Easy E. I'll take Easy What's going on, Eric? Come on, man. How you doing, brother? How's it going, brother? I'm doing good. How's the day? So, sorry to be late. <laughs> I was doing a little too much. It's <laughs> all good. I'm not going to fry you this time. <laughs> what you said? I said, we're not going to fry you this time. <laughs> nah, but so the reason why we really wanted to bring you on here, man, is because you're doing some really dope things on the West Coast. Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I man. feel like I am. You know, it's uh, <clears throat> it was kind of like a, a lucky thing to get into. I think the experience with AT and T and shit got me into cannabis just because they were looking for some sort of professionalism. You know, AT and T got you into cannabis. Well, just like the experience level of like, you know, sales and, and oh. um, effective listening and territory management. Because after AT&T, I went to Motorola and like Google and stuff and was just doing field territory work where I just drive around to retail stores and just train people, you know. So like it got more out of the, the sales side of things and more just like developing others and training others, which I really like to do. Uh, and there was a space for that in cannabis, which is nice. Uh, the, com the company I got in, I've been laid off like three, three times since I've been in this industry uh, in the last five years, you know, because it's a new industry. People fail, startups fail all the time. But uh, this company, Green Revolution, got in with them uh, about a year and a half ago. And their, their owners are from the re restaurant and beverage industry. So they know customer service. They're going to run businesses. Um, they care about cannabis. They care about the plant. They care about um, how it helps the community from a health standpoint, you know, too. It's not just about getting in, getting in and trying to make money. Because um, that's what a lot of people did in this industry is to try to get in, make some money, get out, and move on to the next thing, you know. Uh, but I consider myself like a franchise player uh, with, with Green Rev. Like, I want to be here for a long time and develop them. And we're, we're at 35 employees. Let's take it to the next level and just keep growing and see where this thing can go, you know. So um, it's dope. Like, it's we have awesome products that are not just about smoking weed. It's about topicals and creams and yeah. uh, tinctures. Right, right. And we, have, we have stuff from my dog that I give them and stuff. So it's all, all a bit, I mean, our, our motto is the positive is our hashtag. And um, it's just about like just bettering people's lives and, and enriching people's lives as well. You know, right, there, right. there's so much like literature, there's documentaries on Netflix about so much propaganda about, you know, the marijuana industry and how it's been always just been like wrongfully been villainized. Right. Like, you know, the, the hemp industry in particular. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, hemp was legal until like 19, early 1900s. And then tobacco was like, like, tobacco was like, yo, like, no. <laughs> right. You know, Once they, the tobacco the, industry got into play, it was like, yeah, they saw the screw everything else. Because no. tobacco was like, if people are smoking weed, they're not going to come smoke Marlboros at home, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And same thing with alcohol. The crazy thing about alcohol is uh, two years ago, CBD 
which is the, the, the medicinal part of cannabis um, that has no psychoactive effects, was labeled as a class one narcotic under the, in the right. DEA. So it was labeled the same as heroin. That's because the, the largest alcohol distributor lobbied for that law to pass, which is mm. insane, insane. So the people that run, you know, Grey Goose and, and Maker's Mark and all that, they were like, again, we want someone to come home and have a, a glass of scotch, not smoke some weed. For right. me, it's like, why not, why not both? I mean, I do come home and have a glass of, of mezcal or drink and, and smoke too. Like, wh who doesn't do that, you know? So there's that corporate threat that's been there for a long time. And now they're finally starting to see that, like, you can you know, harmonize and have all three if you want. It's, fu it's, it's funny you should say that because as we live in a, a capitalist society, they always try to combat, um, quote unquote, the monopoly. And, and as you see that the, these companies always find a way or a loophole around that to kind of yeah. curtail the whole society into whatever they believe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now we, go, and it, and we it, all got liquor and we all got cigarettes. All got so. tobacco, yeah. <laughs> like, let's get that three, third thing going on, you know? And yeah. it's crazy because the last 50 years they've been lying to people. Like, my parents are just like, oh, it's so bad. It's like, you know, it's going to do this and that to you. And like, it's the safest shit I've ever done. <laughs> In comparison. <laughs> In comparison. <laughs> Kill my grandfather. You know what I mean? Like lung yeah. cancer. That's a real thing. Kill real. it. Yeah. You know, marijuana. Tobacco kills. Yeah. I, I, I don't know the exact statistics, but last I saw, like drunk driving is one of the number one killers in all of America. So like 20,000 20, a year or something like that. It, it's nuts. <laughs> Almost coronavirus numbers. <laughs> and, and, and that's what drives me crazy. It's like, yo, do you look? Do you like read anything before you look these stances? Like, how do people say these things and not see this information? Like, it's it's so blatant. Because there's so much information. I there's think so we, we kind of inundated yeah. now. We are, and we have half a country that is like rural America, very conservative. Mm -hmm. And you have the cities that are progressive. They understand right. shit. They know what's going right. on. And it's not like we're, it's not that we're woke. We're just, I mean, we are, but at the same time, it's like, we're just privy to the information. And I think when you, when you live amongst people of all different backgrounds, you just pay attention more. Cause I remember right. being, you know, 20, I'm 41 this last week. I just turned 21. I remember being 25. Cheers, Thanks, right, appreciate you. Um, and I, I remember being young and being angry about shit, about how the way the world was. And that was without right. Facebook, Instagram, you know, TikTok, whatever. Right. <laughs> I, I was just, I was just able to see what was in front of me. Like, this is not, things are not right in this world. And now we're getting that on the daily, but people in the country aren't seeing that shit. They just don't care. You know, they're right. just uh, cognitive dissonance. Absolutely. You know, it's really crazy. I mean, the kind of arguments that I've had with like, because I used to be in the military, like former soldiers, some of the things I've heard, I'm like, yo, are you serious? Like you, you were supposed to line up next to me. You really feel this way about us? Like, are you kidding me? Right. It's funny because that it, paradigm is kind of a weird, um, weird kind of concept because if you're going to stand up with somebody you're willing to die with, right? But you don't, you can't accept them as a person. You know, so like that racist, um, you know, like kind of, yeah. So I don't like you as a black man, but you're my brother as a soldier because you wear the same you uniform. It's kind of weird. That's a defect. That's a defect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, you need a software upgrade, man. Like, what the fuck? You put a hole in my t-shirt, sir. What the hell is going on over there? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, man. Well, that's what I was telling Jay. So um, I just moved into a part of Seattle that um, was called the Chop, 
the, the Capitol Hill autonomous zone or uh, official protest zone, whatever it was. So what happened is, uh, and this was the most dense area of Seattle. And uh, typically it's a neighborhood with a lot of uh, transgender, gay people, like, like blacks. It's, a, it's like the biggest melting pot part of the area. Really cool vibes, great, bar cl great bars, clubs, everything. Um, but the protests, the majority of protests in the marches after the George Floyd shoot or uh, murder, I would just call it, um, were, were in this area. And the police decided to, instead of just like let them march past and just let them do their thing peacefully as they were, they decided to put a barricade up in front of the precinct and just like hold their ground, which there was no threat to the building at all. Right. And so for, for, for five days, as I'm moving into, the, we're moving into the, uh, this new apartment, we're seeing like tear gas and flash grenades and fucking all kinds of crazy shit. Unprovoked, completely unprovoked. And, and it was intense, you know, cause like it's loud, the dogs are freaking out. I'm like, people are like, you're seeing people run, you know, coughing and there's like smoke coming into our building and shit. Right, like, right. And then finally the police were like, oh, we fucked up. And how about we just let them do their thing? And you know, seven days later, we're just going to leave the precinct and let you guys peacefully demonstrate. Well, the people, the people decided to just stay in this in these three or four blocks, which also includes a massive park called Cal Anderson Park, and like set up a, a basically a commune and a, a, an autonomous zone where there's no police. It's all it's all you know handled internally, all the issues, whatever it might be. And for the first week or two, it was actually very peaceful. And I mean, for the most part, there was just people you know partying late night and stuff, just chilling. Just chilling. I think it gave a lot of people an excuse to get out of the house from quarantine and like absolutely people, people <laughs> pent up and stuff. But like the final two weeks, it got really aggressive. Um, I witnessed a murder, like straight up, like first one to call nine one one. Two young black kids being shot, and like it, it was insane. So right. in, in two weeks, we lost three young teenage boys um, because this zone that was we are for the Black Lives Matter movement, but they were not. The message got lost when they decided to call it a, become a festival and just hanging out. Absolutely, and right. and that's when I was like, I, I like I'm all for like again. There's, I understand like the rioting. I understand that the anger, and let's go break some windows. Fuck it, like people have insurance. Let's go raid Target, whatever. But when you start killing people and you don't have due process in your little new right. neighborhood that you started, this is what we're right. people are fighting for: is that people don't feel like they have black people don't feel like they have due process. And I just see a car. I hear a car crash into a barrier. I get up and I look out the window and I see a dude roll up to this Jeep Grand Cherokee and just unload 10 pops into the front passenger seat and just kill two right. kids. Right. You know, that's, that's not due process in your new neighborhood. Absolutely that not. That's when I was Absolutely. like, that's when I was like, I, I like the idea, your execution's failing, you know, but that's also like, again, we're back to circling back to like the information. There's a lot of emotion to things that we're seeing. And so I get, I get why there's a lot of irrational behavior too. As right. frustrating it might be, but like, you have to just understand why people are popping off. Right, know? right, and and I I think um to your point, um I think my my um disheartenment. I don't want to <laughs> get too emotional about <laughs> it, but we um, had the police to come. We had to clean ourselves up. <laughs> my disheartenment, my disheartenment <laughs> with the whole situation is is just where's the leadership? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to be the government, quote unquote, where do you step in, right? Instead of kind of inciting a lot of this stuff, because we are emotionally charged, right? Mm -hmm. And and so you're supposed to be the people, the, the you know, kind of the group of people who we kind of get the common sense from. And so we're, we're kind of just, we're spinning our wheels now. Right, we've gotten to the point. We're way past the George Floyd's. Rest in peace to the brother. 
we're way past that and we're kind of at a point now where we're just spinning our wheels. Yeah. So you see these, these small protests and so places like that, it, it, it's only a matter of time before, you know, it's almost a blind leading the blind kind of thing. So you're not, right. everybody just bumping heads with nowhere to go. You know, exactly. so and you and we need leadership. You know, we need that. Yeah, we need it. The rap around here too. Yesterday, uh, young Melo or something was it? Yeah. Uh, what's his name? The little baby. He had a rapper associated with him or something. He got killed. Oh, okay. Parkway. Mm. Yeah, man. I the Fourth of July thing. I'm like, man, you really you're gonna like. Sometimes I wonder too, man. Like, if we go back in history, we look at the Black Panther Party, even the Nation of Islam. Whenever we've had these prominent black organizations that are trying to push for change, you know, the federal government, and this is documented, has been known to come in and commingle. I will tell people, it's not an excuse though, because they the reason why they commingle is because they only uh, pervert the issues we already have that we don't handle eternally. They just get in and pervert right. that, you know? Um, the reason I could why be it's easy for them to take down Malcolm X is because there was so much jealousy and hatred toward him within the organization. But then, I, and and I'm glad you're here, Eric, because you can definitely give Thank a different you. perspective. Um, I I'm I'm definitely not a whole lives matter kind of person. I'm definitely understand the Black Lives Matter movement, but <laughs> I've I've really been like I've turned back to books, right? So I'm reading a lot recently, and what I notice is that a lot of the times, naturalness of the soul and the heart and people will connect no matter what. As long as you're good at heart and soul, you're going to connect no matter who background you come from, right? You might not even have the same language. <laughs> you're going to connect. You know what I'm saying? And energy. a lot of this, right, and a lot of this stuff is that pervasive and I find evil um, push of social constructs. Like, I have to be this way. You're a Muslim, then. You're a Christian, so I can't be with you because you're a Christian. You're black, I'm white, and I can't be in your neighborhood because I'm black and I've been struggling, so white people can't come over here. And like right. all that kind of stuff, it, it kind of um, it pushes this narrative that we um, we should hate each other, right? And so we kind of grow up and fall into these these pockets. We have to because that's what we're supposed to do, right? Instead of just helping your fellow man. That we profit. All right, right? Like, I like, think about our college experience, Justin. Like, how many different types of people we met at Johnson so, & Wales alone? So, Hoffa, you know, I know Eric since I was in college. When I was in right. college, job, when I would leave to go to work, I was with Eric. Look at that. AT&T across the street. Yeah, from Look Cam. at that. Look at us now. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. All of us from different backgrounds, and we here just chopping exactly. it up. Yeah. Right? Exactly. How, how could you do that if, if I was a racist or Eric was a racist or you, Justin? Right. We all just stood in our own little pockets. How, how does that, how do we get any kind of progress, right? And I feel like the conversations that need to be had, nobody wants to have right now because you're doing too much over there or you're doing too much over there. That's why I was talking about us spinning our wheels now, right? Yeah. Like we just, the emotions is kind of taking over everything. We're not getting anywhere. I think, um, and I don't want to say like, sorry to cut you off, Jay, um, but I think there's a silver lining with this, with the COVID issue, because I mm-hmm. think there were so many people at home that when, when the George Floyd incident went down, like people were like, what the fuck? And it was an excuse to get outside, like, absolutely. 
it was an excuse to get outside, but I think there was also, there was some genuine, uh, you know, anger from a lot of people that we normally wouldn't have seen that if they were at work or just doing their day to day. Because we ended up seeing like Berlin, New Zealand, London, Amsterdam having protests, you know, and like Berlin had like a million people over like three days, like coming out and and protesting this shit, police brutality. Think about that, Germany. Oh, I know from the army, they they love us over there. They always they do. And I was, I was in, I was in Berlin. I was in Berlin two years ago, and they, this, the world loves us. Like Australians, like I was talking to Australians, Germans, and people from Spain. They're like, we love you guys. We watch everything you do, good or bad. And they were like, why the fuck do you vote for Trump? I was like, I didn't vote for Trump, and they just thought everybody did. And I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> like, I'm like, let me explain to you how like, our country is right now. Like, it's fifty-fifty. But they, people pay attention to what we do, you know, and. We, we are a, 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 a trust fund baby as a country, I feel like. Definitely. We're just rich and powerful. Absolutely. And, and, <laughs> and we treated people, <laughs> Yeah, and the people that have built this country for them have been treated like shit the entire time. Mm. And so that's like what I've been trying to learn. Like I was telling Jay, like I've, you know, fortunate to have parents from another country. I've traveled a lot. I, I have a lot of friends from all over the world I've been through my entire life. But at the same time, like there's still, still so much to learn about like I believe like slavery in this country is our Nazi Germany, right? For me. I think that's our 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 mistake. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I was like, how how deep does this shit go? Because we know it's not just America. This happens in Italy, this happens in in, in England, it happens everywhere. But I'm like, how interwoven is it in our country? And it's so interwoven. It's like it's a blanket. Like, for example, Seattle had a, a clause in our house, Seattle Housing Authority that was basically giving um, minorities higher interest rates on their on their houses on their housing loans so like if you were basically a black family or mexican or indian or native sorry native american um you would have higher uh, income uh, mortgage rates as opposed to a white family and that would basically drive mm. them out of the neighborhood that shit was in the law until like 19 like 2006 like that's interwoven systematic racism and Oregon is similar issues. It's fucking crazy. And they're like, and like oh six, like oh maybe we should get rid of this law. Like, right. Oh. <laughs> and and that's why like, gentrification. Maybe. Like, yeah, yeah. Like maybe figure that out. Like gentrification in Seattle is is very rampant, and you've seen it happen quite a bit. And it's sad because like so many families and like so many great restaurants and just cool communities and like with art and culture and and just and and so much depth to it, you know, was pushed out. Um, and like. It's so crazy that those little bylaws exist in probably cities all across the country for whatever reason, you know. Um, so we're like, oh, you know, slavery ended, you know, 300 years and it didn't end 300 years ago. That shit's still in the, it's like woven into a blanket, fucking, you know, right, right, you know. And so I'm trying to explain to my mom, you know, who's from a small town in South America, very, very small town, which is mostly just like Italians and Germans, like white people. She's, um, you know, trying to educate her and she's just like, crying because of like how much she didn't know you know and she she was always like oh you know all, all lives matter in a sense of like everybody is important but she didn't understand like what black Lives what black lives matter truly meant and what the movement right. meant. and i had personal experiences where i'm driving with my friend obina who's from nigeria um, this is probably like 15 years ago i literally was i was hammered drunk driving and i shouldn't have been driving and you know i'm 20 years old but um not even old <laughs> to drink yet. but I'm, I'm driving and we get pulled up we get pulled over and he gets he gets interrogated. He gets grilled in the passenger seat. He's the one getting getting uh, accosted by the cop. I didn't even get talked to. I'm like, officer, this is not even my car. It's his car. You want to talk to me? He's like, nope. Want to talk to him right there? And he just like braided him a little more. I was like, dude, I'm the one driving. I'm like, give me a ticket. Take me to, take me to jail. Whatever. It's like, nope. I'm talking to him. I'm like, we're good. Then I'm like, you need to go. 
and you end up just leaving. But I was like, that's that was like a really early experience for me. And I was like, this this is what the fuck was that? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and and Obina was like, you know, and I could tell Obina Obina's like six 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 320 pound man like huge man and i never seen a, a man that size like become emotional because of that you know mm. and i felt i felt awful because i was like that's not that wasn't right it's not correct like, another, another defect in, in thinking mentality right 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 like i should have got a dui and gone to jail that night you know? should have that 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 is privilege right there at its finest the white privilege at its finest whereas yeah. a, a white straight male in america can walk away with a dui not getting you know like so and i had to tell my mom that story just to like prove to like further my point tell my mom the story of me admitting drinking drinking and driving at 20 years old but the point wasn't about me it was about the situation and the experience yeah right the situation right right so yeah there's a, there's a lot to learn and it's gonna be it's gonna be forever for us to learn to listen and to continue to understand the past and yeah i um i was telling somebody the other day so i live in harlem right and so I'm still um, constantly outside and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm talking to a lot of, um, I call my lost brothers, right? <laughs> Dudes is still on the corner doing whatever they got to do to make it. I was talking to one of my homies the other day, and I was telling him, like, yo, you, he was, you know, he's very heavy on, man, fuck the white people. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't got nothing to do for us, blah, 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 right? And I was just telling him, like, we have to listen. Like, at some point, we're going to both have to sit down and figure this thing out, right? And if you just talking and the other person got to listen, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you're not always right. So you have to listen to them as well, right? Like, you're, there's, I'm sure there's something that you can do better as a human being to make this a more cohesive situation. And so listening... Absolutely, Eric. I, I agree with you 1,000%. We all need to just Malcolm start listening a little bit more, man. In order for there to be change, the black man and the white man have to sit down at the table and talk. We got to listen. Political correctness. Yeah. Has to be, the white man has to be allowed to say how he feels, and the black man has to say how he feels. And from there, we'll have progress. You can't. Yeah, and really, really. Right? Go ahead, Eric. The white, man also needs to, the white man needs to learn about melanin and science and also the sun and biology also. Like, that's mm -hmm. such a simple matter of why <laughs> the skin is darker. Like, it, it blows my mind. It's not that fucking difficult. <laughs> thank you for bringing that up. Yo, so. Like, so, like <laughs> the sun, dude. Man, listen. So, I'm a swimmer, right? I used to swim competitively growing up, right? Black man growing up swimming. I told somebody that the other day. And they're going to tell me, oh, what I heard, black people's blood doesn't hold oxygen the same way. And that's why there's not enough black people swimming. What? Race me right now. <laughs> I hate talking about black people and swimming because I can swim. Like, my grandfather threw me in the pool when I was, like, four years old. Bro, there's so many competitive black swimmers. The Caribbean is loaded with them. Loaded. Every Caribbean loaded. island has a competitive swimming team. And they're loaded with black people. So, huh? when I was getting my army commission to become an officer... We have to go through what's called water survival, where you got to practice, like, getting thrown into the water, right. in the water swim. That's and a lot. Class, we train with the Jamaican Army. That's crazy. That's interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, that, that's, how, that's how America makes their money, man. They, uh, companies charge them to change their soldiers. 
I mean, when I, let me tell you something. Fort Benning, Georgia, you see a whole lot of uniforms. Word. Oh, coming from South America? Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That's dope. I mean, as, as much as we didn't rape and pillage the world, it's, it's only right. We teach them how to defend themselves. We can't do the thing. But anyway, bro, the Jamaican Army, none of them can swim. So, you know, it's only like, it's three of them, and then it's me and like two other guys, because not a lot of black people become officers in the military. So, right. and you know, and like we talk about in the show, I'm always that awkward black person that can do Typically, they don't assume we can do so. I can swim really well, right? You know what I mean. Right. I, hey, man, I'm I'm definitely attested that I competitively <laughs> swam. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I don't like. It's so mind boggling. <laughs> so all that nonsense you were talking about, sir. I know you probably were drunk, but hey, <laughs> it was crazy, man. Tom is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're living in some unprecedented times for sure. Um, just like, I, I think this year has given us uh, like a lot of perspective on how people really feel about shit. Mm-hmm. Um, we, know, we know our healthcare system's fucked up. We know our police system's fucked up. Um, our education is, is in shambles just because all of our federal money goes to the military, you know. Um, everybody else gets kind of left in the dust. And so we are very left with like uneducated, um, and angry oh, and God, irrational dude, people. You biggest thugs out here. You don't care about nothing but your damn guns and tanks. You don't give a fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Back to what Eric said earlier, though. Like, I'm, I'm, I kind of understand now. Like, Corona kind of put all this shit into perspective. Right? Like, we, we, we were talking about all those things for years now. Veterans need to get paid. Helps yeah, exactly. Trying. And now it's kind of when the Redskins are changing their name. Like what? That what? wouldn't have happened without. <laughs> Did y'all hear the older say that it was a nickname? Wait, I didn't know. I wasn't aware that it was a nickname. I thought the Redskins was the Redskins. What is the other? What's the name then? What's the name then? Thank you, Eric. I appreciate you for that one. I was just asking the same question. You won't even acknowledge it, so we can start and go forward. Like we still got. Nah, that's a rich shit. Nah, that's a rich shit. My man's in his kitchen with his island, and he's sending a text to his secretary. Like, listen, PR guy, it was a nickname. Just make sure the money don't leave my bank account. All right, leave me alone. You can spend anything nowadays, and and half the people are going to believe it. You know, no matter what you spend. So, absolutely. But yeah, I think uh, you know, I think we would still be a lot farther back if if the George Floyd murder would have happened without COVID. Um, mm, I think it would, absolutely. We, we would have had some, we would have had some isolated protests and some rioting and, you know, mm-hmm. maybe St. Mm-hmm. Louis, Atlanta, but like to see what we did see because the entire world was watching, um, I think helped. Um, kind of forced you know, it. I, I was talk, I kind of forced it. And I was talking to my friends, my girlfriend's friend, uh, Intasar, she's from Morocco. Um, but half white, half black. But you know, she's dealt with um, being being Muslim, dealt with her fair share of uh, being a female Muslim, black Muslim, like going to Israel, and being treated the way she was treated. Like, I don't even want to get into some of the things that happened to her. But um, you know, I was telling her some of the things, and she's like, "Well, it's too late for NFL." And I'm like, "It is too little, too late." But at least it's happening. Like, it's too little, too late for a lot of stuff. It is, <laughs> but but at least like some 
things are changing. Like some, like we're seeing Confederate statues being torn down. Like Mississippi mm. was like, we're getting rid of the Confederate mm. colors in our flag. Those little mm. things are gonna eventually change. And then when the young people now, like that are 13, let's say 10 to 15 years old, when they get up, they're not, it's not even part of their consciousness. And they're gonna be moving forward and, and progressing and making this country better because they will be the ones doing that for sure. I don't like that they're tearing down the statues. Why not? Because number one, I didn't know them statues even existed. Exactly. That's why they're getting turned down. <laughs> but, so, here's my problem, right? Because you never went to court, Justin. <laughs> so when they tear this shit down, unless it's the people doing it, there's money allocated for that. The voting, that's time allocated for that. Yo, we still have real issues that we need to be talking about. They're not doing it. Like, I, hate, I, hate, I hate you, Justin. I hate this shit, this shit, this shit ain't small, right? This, this is not a small issue. It's not small. Every little part means something. And this is why it's so big now, right? So every dot connect. Yeah, every dot connect, right? So those statues mean something to somebody. Same thing with the flag, right? That means something to somebody. It got to go. Because to most of us, it's a problem. So, like, if you go to the, sta- if you go to the Museum of Natural History in New York City, there's a statue. That's fine. Put it in the museum. Cool. The but we're not going to have it outside. No, no, no. But check this out, though. This statue of Theodore Roosevelt. He has a Native American on his right and an African slave on his left. Right. No one's talked about tearing that statue down, and we see that shit all the time. But, but, but that, okay. Now, you, you're, you're a proponent of knowledge, right? Yep. So museums stand as a building of knowledge, right? So now it's on you to get contextual relation and seeing that image should put you into a space of understanding why it's that way. Now, you're not going to put it in front of a state building like it's something to be proud about. In a museum, it's knowledge. You've got to learn about it. It's there. It's an image. You've got to find out what's going on with that image, right? That's everything in a museum. But there you you're going to put that. You put that same image in front of a state building and act like it's something to be proud about? That's an issue to me. It's, it's a difference. It's very contextually different. You know what I'm saying? Like, like looking at it, looking at it, and just standing like it's a it's the equivalent of the statue that they had in front of the um, museum here in New York, right? They had um, what was your man's name? I forget the president now, but he had a slave damn near at his side. Jason, you talking about what I just said, bro? <laughs> oh, it's the same thing. Yeah, whatever. Like Roosevelt, that's that's but uh, the slave was the slave was on his knee or whatever. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, why, 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 why have that outside? In a, in a prominent stance without any contextual knowledge, right? Like it has to move, it has to shift, put it inside, right? Something else has to be um, more prominent for us to see walking up. Me as a black man, me as a black man, right? I'm gonna walk up and see another, uh, uh, another reason why we're in this oppressive um, situation. That it, it, it has to be um, some kind of visual, visual, um, um, you know, kind of points for me to see when I walk up to, I don't want to walk up to something and feel like, oh, I'm going to walk into some oppressed situation now. Like, damn, they already think that way about this building. Like, those type of, they have to shame. They have to. You know what I'm saying? Like, most of our life is visual. We don't talk to everything and everybody. Most of our life is visual. We see a lot of of the things that that we have to go through. Right? And that's why TV is such a big big issue. 
Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Yeah. Tear that shit down. Put it in, put it in a museum. Yeah, put it put it inside. Don't have it outside. I'll throw a few more tax dollars to get that taken down. You know what somebody <laughs> said that was smart? Take all the statues, put them in the Smithsonian, and charge a premium to go in there since they want to see it so bad. Take that and take the take the uh, the proceeds from that and put those in the funds to support the black community. Oh wow, that's Love interesting. Yeah, man. Yeah, hey, man. They, they do something. <laughs> I love the museum. I go to the museum all the time. Oh, they're so great, <laughs> right? But the, like, the, like, the little that little that little plate under everything that they got posted in there, it means a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's all I'm and saying about go, the statue in the front. I mean, being, yeah, I agree. And I think if you go, it's a and if you go into one of those museums, what's that? Adjusting your cutout. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I was saying like I remember uh, with some of my classmates because you know I'm down at UNC Chapel Hill. So I learned that, like, there was a lynching on my campus. Like, they snatched a kid, a black kid, out of, like, the common area and lynched him. Like, this happened in, like, the 50s or something. You know what I mean? Like, there's, like, a supposedly there's a part of campus that has, like, unmarked graves of, like, the slaves that built it. Like, there's a lot of, like, wicked shit in the South. Wicked shit. (laughs) That was different. (laughs) <laughs> you imagine like just being in the lunchroom like we were just having lunch and just being yoked up somebody just dragged you drags you up out of there could you imagine that <laughs> I, I really can but I'm not going to talk about it <laughs> yeah exactly I, I really can't imagine that shit I really can I like I told you I don't know if you remember just but there was a dude there was a kid at our school that had a big ass pickup truck with the Confederate flag tended on his back window. Do you remember that? He had an F one fifty big ass truck with the I, Confederate flag tinted on his back window. I kinda Yeah man. Big yeah, man. man. You know, it was weird because John Interesting story. This is some Dave Chappelle shit. Interesting story, but he's the reason that I got arrested that night at the Rex Center. <clears throat> Cause me and him, we done got into it. You and Dave got into it. We didn't got into it a few times because I hated that Confederate flag. And we lived at Lakeside, so coming in and out of the building, you know, you got to check in with the RA and blah blah blah. We done definitely bumped heads. Like nigga, you gonna get out of my way, fool? <laughs> bro, Justin, you know me, bro. Damn. I, I definitely. I, I'm. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I was. It was ignorant on my part because I definitely forced the situation, and it was all because of that flag on the back of his window. <laughs> but yeah, man, this is the world we live in, right? As much as love, as much love as we had at Johnson and Wales, is like, you know, there was those. There was those elements. Like it used to be on military base. I'm like, how could you? Have the losing flag on this base, like you try to put American flag on your shoulder. How you bunch of losers just walking around fly the losing yeah. flag like we lost. This shit lasted like two years. <laughs> lasted two years, bro. You lost. God damn it! God damn it! Jesus. You know what? I still want <laughs> right. Um, one thing I learned recently too that I did not know um, was uh, I'm sure I lost my train of thought. Um, oh, how uh, back in like the late 1800s, 
a majority of the people that held uh, political positions were black people, uh, especially in the South. And the only two times that our country's government has been overthrown was by the KKK overthrowing the black, the black leaders and basically like wow. killing them off and, and then like and then like taking their families basically trying to do voter suppression and get them from like winning the next elections and shit that shit blew my mind when we had, that's had interesting so a lot of people don't know this and, um, killer mike was the one at school me you know you got, i know you guys know who candace Owens is and he actually mm. they were <laughs> he said you probably didn't know this but black people actually rose to wealth post-slavery at like record time we were thriving despite not getting the 40 acres in the mule. We still built thriving communities. Oh, out of hate, hey, hey. they just wiped it out. This is this is great. This is great because I just finished reading a book that I've read. This is the second time you finished reading that book, Black Fortunes by Amari Wills. Hmm. I think I said his name right. Black Fortunes, but it speaks of the first millionaires post uh, abolition of slavery. So, like, the first person they speak about, uh, I think his name is John. Don't want mis- to mis- take that quote. Um, but he, his, the way he made his first million was off of uh, a bus service because everything was segregated. So he made a service for black people. And he made his first million just off of a black bus service, taxi service that day. Word. But, yeah, that, read that book, Black Fortunes. Dope book. Black Absolutely dope. Amazing book. Shamari Wills. Shomari. S-H-O-M-A-R-I Wills. W-I-L-L-S. Don't book. The Souls of Black Folk by W.E.B. Du Bois. Um, you know, W.E.B. Du Bois is like a... I started it. I never finished it. Absolutely. I, I didn't finish it either. Absolutely. Absolutely. I started it. He kind of talks about like post, post-Civil War, like when, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when the president started the what's called mm-hmm. the Freedmen's Bureau. Because there was an attempt to actually deliver the 40 acres of the mule, but there was so much corruption. Yeah. I mean, he tells yeah. me how it's like, you know, people just didn't have any knowledge. So, because this, I think, I think, not to cut you off, but I think that the a portion of, of what people forget is how much of an economic force slavery was. Oh, a lot of people were making money off of this. So, for you to tell people to stop making money, for you, like, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to buck all that. And then I got to pay you for not giving you? Wait, hold on, man. <laughs> That's the, the problem with capitalism, man, is your morals start to go out the door because you just... Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Ab- that, that's why we had to create so many laws and stipulations. Because in a capitalist society, there is it's way too easy for people to be um, morally corrupted. Because most of these people ain't evil, you know what I'm saying? But they'll do a lot for that buck. Yeah, man, business school is unlimited profits, you know, just make it like profit revenues yeah. without caring about anybody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I I watched this documentary one time talking about um, how would they look at a brain of like a CEO or a very top level like board member at a big company, um, their addiction to greed. Uh, they have very similar brain patterns as somebody who's addicted to heroin or gambling. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard addiction. that before. Like, it, it gets to the point where it's not about the money anymore. It's about the power and the control. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they don't care about anything else. And just like any addict, they know that what they're doing is wrong to the people that they're supposed to take care of or that they love, but they don't give a shit. You know, And it's like, 
I, I think the greed in this world right now is at, at an all-time high because um, we see it in every institution. FIFA and the Olympic committees are probably the two of the most corrupt governments on any planet, you know, or in any part of the world. Um, you have churches, you have all the, you know, law enforcement agencies, you have governments all over the world that are being, have, have terrible leadership, you know? Absolutely. Um, so it's, I think the last few months or the last two months has been very important to ju just talk about Black Lives Matter. And yes, we can not talk about Latinos for a little bit. We can talk, stop talking about Native Americans for just a little bit because this is a very important issue. Um, but there is bigger things happening in the world for a very long time and we're just getting uh, awoken to it. But like, I think right now, it is important to just focus on Black Lives Matter and, and kind of what we're doing internally, you know? Nice. Um, Eric, but, great segue. Great segue, segue, Eric. Don't want to cut you off, but great segue. Did y'all hear this Wayfair $15,000 cabinet shit? Whoa. Oh, can you please explain to me what happened with Wayfair? Okay. I don't know. Okay, so Wayfair, I don't know too much about Wayfair because I'm learning on the fly. But Wayfair had this these advertisements, and I'm going to call them advertisements, <laughs> for um, cabinets. But they're supposed to be uh, industrial-sized cabinets. I don't know what that means, but whatever. But they're just cabinets. But these cabinets were priced at like ten to fifteen thousand dollars, right? Now this is where the creepy shit comes in. These cabinets were connected to the missing kids or girls. Um, they had names similar to missing women from all over the country, right? So it wasn't just. But the, the weird shit is, I didn't. I just recently learned this before I got on the podcast. They were also selling shower curtains at like five, six thousand dollars with the same names, right? With these weird missing kids' names. Now, <laughs> Wayfair, I've come to find out, you it's it, there's an eBay kind of um portion of it. Um, so like users like me and you can go in there and post whatever. So a lot of people go to eBay, buy stuff for cheap and then go to Wayfair and then do a little markup and make their money. Right. So their Wayfair is, is kind of, you know, PR and stepping back like, oh, wait, hold on. Hey, we ain't got nothing to do with this. This is some weird person and we took it down. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> is this a kawiki dick or is this a kawiki dick that you got these motherfuckers? I'm still confused about the whole situation. I just wanted to bring it to the podcast and see what people could, you know, maybe y'all could give me a little more. I keep hearing about this, like, there's supposedly, like, there's a big, like, right now, there's supposedly a big pedophilia case going on, but they're just not publicizing it. Um, so what I'm starting to learn and understand is this is not an America or a England problem. This is a big global new world order type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like this, a, bro, the shit is deep. The niggas talk about the deep state all the time. I just, right. it gets, I it gets crazy. Like, it gets crazy. Cause like there's supposedly a big list of names I even heard Barack right. be caught up in this shit, man. Nah, but 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 this is the thing. This is so 
with the whole what's what's my man what's what's homie name that that died the Epstein guy yeah. right yeah. so he he had a whole uh, as the documentary put it I don't know if y'all have watched a documentary on Netflix started to but yeah so in the documentary somebody said that he literally had a Ponzi scheme of pedophilia it's literally what he had right so he had a pyramid scheme of pedophilia he was the pinnacle so everybody kind of came to him and the people there right whatever you like whatever you need you come to me right he had his island and all that kind of stuff um so where it Jada Pinkett word and it gets entangled. <laughs> I like that word. <laughs> I like that word, man. But where it gets entangled is that he's a businessman and a very powerful and rich one. So business dealings is also going on within that whole entanglement. So people are going to his island. He got a plane. He's flying people for business purposes, right? So we don't. The mix-up kind of blinds you to what's truly a fact. Now, the reason for the documentary, and it was so great, is that you have people, actual, like, girls and people who saw stuff saying things. So that's why your man, Prince Andrews, is is in hot water because there was literally a dude who worked there every day that saw him there with a young girl. You know what I'm saying? So everybody else is just getting thrown in the mix because, hey, man, you bought a plane ticket, sir. You was on that plane. You was on that island. You were there. What did you see? And what did you not say? You know what I'm saying? It's it's one of those. It's like an R. Kelly kind of thing. Remember when R. Kelly got caught up and everybody was like, oh, Jay-Z, you had a, you had a, um, a music video with him. You didn't see nothing. You didn't say nothing. What's up? Right? That's it's one of those situations. Jay-Z got into it on the, on the tour. That's probably what that was about. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So it's the same kind of thing, but when you're talking about young girls and how deep that shit went and the most powerful people in the world are all caught up in it, it, it gets crazy. It it's gets crazy. real crazy. When it comes to our girls, we have to do a lot better, and I'll even acknowledge that myself. I got to do better. Justin, it's not just girls. It's not, I know. I know. <laughs> that's where it gets creepy for me. They might steal your son too, sir. (laughs) Man, imagine your son just disappeared. You don't know why. Because some creep ass prince in Saudi Arabia kind of likes it. You know what what bothers me is they try to put this shit on the spectrum as a mental health issue. Like, no, you're not. Normalize this shit. Listen, you gotta understand how much money gets sent. You start making all these, you know, medical issues. It's a whole lot of money that has to be created, you know? You gotta be make pills, you gotta make, you know, doctors gotta you gotta come in, check the doctor. There's a lot of money being made when you crazy, quote unquote. Some somebody we're, we're, we're full of pills. There's a pill for everything right now. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Matter of fact, if you go into some of these nursing homes or some of these people, they're taking medications for like 10 15 years and even on the damn pills it says after you know 24 days discontinued why are you after years you're not even reading it yourself you don't need a doctor degree to read the destruction you don't do that but well i mean i i work i work at a um supported housing building right now and most of the clients that we have there 
they're all on some kind of medication mm. trying to get right to get back into society. Bro, the smallest dose I've seen anybody take is four pills. And he's the big dog. <laughs> like, I could take these pills. <laughs> but that's what they got to take every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Imagine, right? I don't know who the fuck knows what the fuck those pills are doing to him. Might be keeping him in the same spot because <laughs> they are built. They yeah. they are, they are checked. They got to pay the state. I mean, the money is in in, the, in keeping you healthy, you know, as just as alive as possible to pay for the pills. You know, right. there's no money in curing shit. Right. Which I cure cancer. I cure cancer. Then what? Which is another reason why <laughs> cannabis has been so suppressed is because cannabis has so many health benefits. Um, whereas that threatened, you know, all the pills that are out there, you know, I've met people that, uh, had throat cancer and Mm. gave them one of our, one of our water tinctures or so tinctures are like little drops you put in like, you can put on your tongue, sublingual, um, you can put it in any sort of liquid form. Um, he took it for six months without any sort of chemo or any treatment. And you could, he came into my, into one of the stores, he was speaking, he was eating again. Like he had, he's like, I haven't had food in in a year, year and a half, um, just from taking cannabis and adjusting his diet. Um, and so that's, a, it's a big threat to big pharma. And one of our, uh, one of my, uh, general managers at my company, uh, and big investors, he's a, a former executive from big pharma and he saw all this shit going down, want to get out and want to go into cannabis and, and pretty much help, you know, progress this industry for on, on a health case by case basis, you know, um, wow. it, it's, it's, it's massively helpful for so many people that have anxiety PTSD, um, you know, any sort of like your neuro- some neurological effects, you know, all, all kinds of shit. I mean, absolutely, Lucas, like I think it's crazy how, how much like this stuff, this plant can like help people feel better, you know. Um, and so that's why like we're really big proponents of the, the green revolution is just like pushing that, pushing that constantly, because um, it's we can get people off the pills and people off drinking, whatever it might be, uh, just feel better about themselves and be functional throughout the day and feel you know happier and all that stuff too. So. Wow. You know what's dope? When I was in Canada, I was in Montreal, and I met this guy. I was at a, uh, a Caribbean spot with my lady at the time, and he was working for, like, the city. He was saying that the governor, what they do is they do these little camps for, like, the youth to give them education on responsible marijuana use. Not that we're encouraging kids to use it, but we just have to be real about it. The, the kids are going to are doing it, so... Give they have sex head. Like, come the on. They <laughs> They're going to do it. Information. We're telling you, you know, you probably want to wait till you're in your 20s. I didn't touch my right. I was about 27, you know, but so we tell the kids, you know, wait, let your brain grow. And if you choose to do it sooner, this is what can happen to you. Right. I like it. Like cigarette alcohol. Crack. This is your brain on drugs. <laughs> that's, that's <probably> yeah. <laughs> Crack that egg. Crack. Yeah, you know what I mean? But they give it a real <laughs> Do y'all remember yeah, that more, commercial? Fear, fear topic. I do. I mean, get some toast to the egg. What? Right? <laughs> uh, you know, rain on drugs. Uh, <laughs> my man's really cracked the egg and put it in the fry bag. Rain on drugs. <laughs> I remember Jerry like, like you didn't fry- see the egg hey, at all. Hey, listen, hey, hey, listen, fellas, we all fried eggs right now, according to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't form a thought. We are a Friday. Sunny sign up. <laughs> Cage free though. Cage free. Oh man. 
do you think about Colorado, Eric? So, what is the what I go, man? How did K2 get legalized before marijuana did? How did what? How did K2 get legalized? Like, isn't that pretty much just, like, crack or something? Oh, no, 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 Justin, no, Jason. Yeah, Justin, that's in New York shit, all right? And in New York, it's very illegal. Yes, sir. Yeah, so Eric keeps talking about synthetic weed. Right. Okay. And they call it the, oh, the so, um, it's not, that's not all the names of it, Justin. Synthetic weed. No, that's we, we just a, there's, the, a, there's a West Coast name for pack. it too. Um, yeah. That was just one. Pack. Pack. No, it's, it's, oh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, a, it's just like runts or the name of a weed. So there was one pack called K2. Right. I was trying to remember. Yeah. So there was, that one pack was called K2. That was one of the most prominent joints that popped in New York. Right, so everybody was buying this pack called K2, but it's literally just synthetic weed, it's fake weed, and yeah. potpourri. Really, right. if you ask me, it's the shit you put on the Make back sure of your toilet, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and people are doing this, yeah. So it's a, it's very illegal in New York, just okay. Yeah, I don't know, I don't yeah, know anywhere uh, that it is legal. I, rem- I don't think it's legal anywhere, yeah. And I think there was so there's a Seahawks player, um. Uh, Derek Coleman, he was actually the only uh, legalized uh, deaf player playing the NFL. Mm. Um, and uh, like great player and shit, really athletic and uh, being able to like play play on, on an NFL level without being able to hear um, is, is was pretty, pretty impactful. But um, he got caught. Uh, he got a, a hit and run accident where he hit somebody and took off. But he had smoked spice after a practice one time because he can't smoke Damn, weed because spice right. come up. Right. And he got in some big trouble for that. He came back in the league and stuff. But like, I remember that being a big like uh, educational piece for ca- the cannabis industry was like, no, it's not weed. It's called synthetic weed, but it's there's no cannabis <laughs> in any part of this shit. <laughs> like, you could call it like, synthetic alcohol. It's not us. Alcohol. It's not us. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't do it. <laughs> Like the amount of education that goes into my job now, um, I like because I get to educate older people that haven't smoked since like college or were afraid of it. I can educate my parents. I can educate people that are, you know, I have friends that were in the military that won't touch it because they were just like, I don't like getting high. But I had a buddy, RJ, who got hit by a car like a month ago. And he's like, I don't want to do pills, man. And I'm like, I got you, dude. So I gave him some creams and some and some tablets that we have. And he's like, bro, I feel so much better. Hours. <laughs> You know, like like rupturated discs, and he's he's all all banged up, and he's with just cannabis feeling better. You know, so right. like right. It, it's it's a lot of education, and just like anything right now, like we need to educate, educate on the good stuff. Mm. Have a so I was have like the question. Yeah, the question I was asking earlier. Um, what do you think about Colorado? Because I feel like it, it's um it's an infrastructure that can work in other states like them being you know completely free you can do whatever you damn near want with weed up yeah. until a certain point you can't have too many plants you can't have too much pounds on you blah blah blah, blah. right but right. they're making so much money for the infrastructure of the state that they can't turn back now right no they did, so, they did it right i think I think for being the first state to legalize it um, and what they, what they did was too, is the first year there was so much um, leftover tax money that everybody in the state got a state tax return. 
So right. even like little old Grandma Betty in in, in uh, you know Pueblo, Colorado, he didn't do her taxes like, in a while. Didn't do her taxes, <laughs> still got a check, you know. Uh, and then the following year, they gave it to they gave it to teachers and and city construction, and so like the states were flourishing. Uh, there's there was there was teacher strike happening every year in Colorado up until cannabis right. was legal, and That's now the teachers are like, yeah, 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 the teachers are getting paid. You know, so mm-hmm. it's um, it's they did it right. Also, with you know, allowing a little more freedom to have you know bars and like cafes and stuff too. I get the not growing so many plants at home because there is a there is a um, tension with like public utilities. Like it, it draws a lot of power. If you're doing absolutely, drone, absolutely, I get water part of that too. <laughs> water, lots of water. So keep it, you know, keep it industrial. Keep it in the commercial areas where you're not like straining other people's homes, you know, utilities and stuff too. So absolutely. Um, but I think they. They did it right, and Colorado is a very like relaxed, chill state. Like they just love the outdoors. I'm, I'm trying to go. I'm <laughs> love- trying to go, bro. When we when I was moving to Miami, we drove through from Seattle to Miami, and, we, and I almost stayed in Colorado because it was so dope. Yeah, <laughs> that's dope. Uh, to the bottom. I need to do it. Yeah, I need to do a cross. I need to do a car country drive. I've it heard took, it's amazing. Uh, it took six. Di- yeah, it's amazing. It took six days, but we spent. The, I spent the night in Atlanta. A couple days in Atlanta. Mm. Um, I, that's another city I would definitely live in is Atlanta. It's my favorite cities. Um, but the, the trip alone was, was dope. But going through the Rockies, the Colorado right. Rockies, driving Because Colorado, Colorado is so dope to me, and I've never been. I'm just talking about what I've seen, right? Yeah. It's so dope to me because it's, it's hot Colorado and it's cold Colorado. It's cold. So I could literally, in one trip, go on a desert hike or I could go mm. skiing. Same trip. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope to me. <laughs> it is. And they have 300 days of sunshine a year on average. Right. So 65 days are cloudy and the rest is sun. Whether it's cold or hot, it's still sunny. Military bases. That's amazing. Well, Carson, Dude, they, have, they, have, they have like Olympic uh, training centers out there. They have, um, uh, I know MLS soccer has training camps because the weather is just so temperate. Right, around. perfect. Right, right. Um, you know, and also train if you want to train, in, 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 train outside in uh, low altitude. Right. Or high altitude with low oxygen is really like is good for your you know and shit. Hey, you could do down. Hey, we gonna drive up, go to the top of the mountain. Yo, Colorado's dope, man. <laughs> you want to camp outside in the desert, or you want to camp outside in the cold? Well, let me know. We, yeah. we try. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. What's Seattle like? I've, you're the first person in life, Eric. Thank you. I appreciate really? you. That I've ever met from Seattle. Really? First person ever. Uh, that's awesome. Um, no, it's a good city. Uh, it's definitely coming into its own. Um, you know, the Northwest was kind of an afterthought for a long time, just kind of not really long up here. Um, you know, I think 2010, growing with Amazon, the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, little things like that. You start to pay more attention. And I think right now, um, just with with our tech and our science and our medicine. Um, that we do up here is it's we're doing really really cool stuff. Uh, right. I have a friend that works at I have a friend that works at the Seattle Cancer Care Alliance, um, one of the top rated hospitals in the country. Like I mean, they're literally like she's literally curing cancer, trying to cure cancer every day. You know, like and they make breakthroughs all the time and stuff. So like, just to see the impact that this little area has on medicine and science and even social impacts, I, I think it's pretty awesome to see. We still have our issues and a lot you know growing pains to go through um especially with like the housing thing i told you about um right right and uh gentrific- gentrification and kind of just helping the the, the harder disenfranchised communities we, we have a lot of work to do there but i think in general there's a lot of brilliant people here 
um, in the last 10 years. I mean, anybody you meet is from somewhere else, which I like, you know, back in the day, it was just, oh, I just grew up in Seattle. All Seattle. No, like, right, now right, like, right, right. Right. Now it's like, you know, Ethiopians and uh, Nigerians and people from uh, like the Middle East and stuff. Not to cut you off, Eric, but it's funny enough that you should say that because I was like, I've been, I'm, I just got my degree finally. And I got my, my, my marketing bachelor's degree. And so now I'm kind of looking into what can you do, right? We got no kids, no wife, can move and shift and shake and shake, right? <laughs> and so Seattle is always popping up on the traveling job hmm. situation, right? Hmm. And so, like I said, I've never met anybody from Seattle until you, sir. <laughs> so now I'm I'm kind of curious to you know, you know I appreciate you saying you know the little growing pains that but that's that's anywhere you go you're gonna have to deal with that yeah right exactly. um but yeah I'm I'm just kind of intrigued to you know with, with that that kind of shaking I love it, man. Is, is going on over yeah. there. I mean, the, the opportunity for work is, is amazing. Um, it's mm. a beautiful area just to, to live in. Like if you, when you're out, outside on a sunny day, you have mountainous volcanoes lining the, the, the east. You have, you know, mountains on the west and you have a bunch of water everywhere. It's green all the time. So like from a visual standpoint, you're just like, you're always like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> right. Like, we'll take a phone insane. out. Oh, selfie. Yeah. I do. Every, like, every night I'll take a picture of the sun. Like it's the same sunset, but I have to take a photo of it. Like, right, right. It looks it, a little it just, different today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just always got some sort of awe-inspiring moment for you, um, especially in the, in, the, in, the, in the summertime. I Living in Phoenix, LA, Miami, you know, growing up in South America, like I've been to Barcelona, Berlin, I've been to a lot of places. I think Seattle's top three most beautiful cities. I've been wow. To. Like, that's wow. It's just, you're just like, how's that big ass volcano over there? Just like, so it's 14,000 feet, you know, and it's just, she's out there. Right, um, right, and, right. It's and, just and, there. And, and, and it can rumble at any time. It's the most active volcano in the Western Hemisphere, you know, like right in my backyard. So there's, there's if you want to be inspired or, or like feel like Isn't something, there's something bigger than yourself, it's a good place. What? What did you say? Maybe about that volcano, like in the 90s? Okay, so the, yeah, so the, there's a, the, the mountain range that goes from pretty much middle California all the way up through Oregon and uh, Washington in, into Canada has like six volcanoes. Uh, well, ours is the Cascade Range. Um, and then San Andreas down in California. But um, yeah, so there was Mount St. Helens that erupted in Washington in like 1981. That's closer to Oregon. But Mount Rainier is like right in our backyard. And that's the, the most active one. And it lives mm -hmm. with a major earth, uh, fault line underneath all six. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, that Pacific Rim shit. But it just, it just like always kind of reminds you that there's something bigger than you, you know, when I live here, which I like. Thanks. That's why I like watching nature documentaries because it always lets me know, sir, you're small. You got to relax. Yeah, you got to chill. You know what I'm saying? All that emotional stuff you're talking yeah. about these yeah. people and all they society crap. Yeah. Bro, you're going to die. And you're going to go back to all this stuff, right? You're going to mix in and just continue. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. But that, like, yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Because, um, like I said, I've, I've, all I heard about Washington, it rains. That's all I've ever heard, right? Which like we, that's we all get, you ever get, hear. And it's true. And we get we get less rain though than New York, uh, Chicago, and Miami per year. It's just it's just cloud. It's really cloud. <laughs> it's just really cloudy. It's just cloudy. Oh, okay. like, you, may, you may not see yeah, you may not see sun from like October to, to like March, maybe a few days here and there, and you're like, fuck, this is dark all the time. But like 
it's right. at least it's not just downpouring rain. Like it, you'll notice if it's a tourist because they'll have an umbrella because nobody in Seattle owns an umbrella. So we just <laughs> I'm definitely going to be umbrellaed out. <laughs> <laughs> just get a nice, a dope ass, a nice rain jacket and you're good. All right. Okay. That's interesting, man. But yeah, the, the job market. I mean, if if you're you know if you like marketing, it's a huge place for that. Um, there's always new companies starting up. There's always mm-hmm. you know big companies hiring. Like, yep. absolutely. Uh, I think a lot of startups. Seattle, a lot of fucking startups. Dude, Jesus Christ. All day, every day. All My day, LinkedIn day. is no matter nuts. What the economy, <laughs> dude, startups. The economy could be in shambles, and this place is we're starting businesses. It's crazy. Let me ask you. It's like it's nuts. So I spoke to this guy on Twitter, man, from Oklahoma. And he, he was joking about he wants to start a dispensary. He told me that to get the license in Oklahoma, it's like 2500 It's like really, really cheap. Really cheap? Oh, really? Really cheap, yeah. Like really cheap. Yeah, are they yeah, legal? Are they a legal state? Yeah, that makes sense. They're medicinal right now. Really? Cool. They're blowing up, too. You never would have thought. Never would have thought. Oklahoma. I was just, I was going to make a stupid joke about the bomber and I kind of pulled myself back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all, all domestic terrorism are white people. Right, I was like, Oklahoma's legal? Like, hey. Yeah, they might need yeah, to smoke some uh, weed over there. <laughs> everybody does, man. Texas needs to chill out. Like. <laughs> I've seen a violent person smoking weed. It's just not heard of. Nah, they always doing some extra shit. Yep. Yeah, like, no, yeah, it's the opposite. It doesn't happen. Yep. Yep. There's really no reason to hate They it. probably got a bottle, and this is crazy shit, they always got a bottle of Jack Daniels. That's my favorite liquor of all time. <laughs> they always got a bottle of Jack for some reason. The old number seven. What was I going to say? Um, oh, fuck, I had, a, I had a good thought on cannabis, but... Um, no, it's, yeah, it's like the whole violent thing. It's like it's been proven so many times over, like how much it like calms you and like all the all the effects that it has, you know. And so it's still funny to see some of those large companies still try to like fight it because it's just like it's out there, man. Like it it, it helps people, like and you can mm. I put it in my liquor, like I, those those drops I was telling you about. I it's water based, so like I can put it in anything. So I'll put it right. in my my mezcal or my Jameson and just get high and fucking get drunk. You know, like, I saw somebody put liquor in their bong, and it blew my mind. Yeah. It blew my fucking mind. I was like, wait. That's some white people shit. That's some white people shit. Small town college shit. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> What? So you put you well, you clean the bong out. Instead of putting just water, you put the alcohol. You know how you so got the water you are, so when you're smoking, you hit the hit the bong. You're smoking. The, you're basically smoking the liquor too, as it's like liquor and the water. The, the liquor and the weed are converging. So you do get fucked up. Um, but again, it's just like just get high, man. Like why you gotta? You know? Why you gotta do all that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like me personally, I don't like bongs and other like. I like just roll my shit. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Just roll it up. Let's go. Fuck up. It was funny because I was, I was talking to I was talking to one gentleman one time. I was walking through my neighborhood. So the last neighborhood I lived in was uh, called the Central District, which was um, it's uh, also dubbed Africa Town in Seattle. So it was predominantly where all like the folks from Africa were living in that, in that area. So it's got a ton of culture and shit, but it got really gentrified too. And so mm-hmm. there was, and I I was very fortunate to live in that area because I learned a lot. I met a lot of cool people. But I met a guy 
He's like, oh, what do you do? I was like, I work for a weed company. He's like, I don't want to talk to you, man. He's like, this shit's legal. He's like, I've spent, you know, I was in jail for 20 years for a 20 sack. And so I was like, I just want to listen to, you know, your experiences. Cause I'm like, I think that's unfair. Cause if it's legal now, we should be letting people out of prison or under that have been convicted for cannabis uh, offenses, you know? Absolutely. Um, and I, we were talking and I'm like, you know, it's, was the, I think it's one of the easiest things to arrest people for. Uh, of course. Like black people, you know? And so I, I get like why he's mad at like, you know, a white dude hanging out and working, getting paid, you know, good money to sell weed when he had to go to jail for it, mm. you know? And so like, that's another thing that needs to start changing too, is that conversation. Um, mm. Because- Have you ever watched, have you ever watched a documentary 13th, Eric? I need to, I need to. Watch it. I know what it's, I know the premise. I know the premise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty simple. I, I, I already, yeah, like, I know about like, um, you know, the prisons basically being the, the next step of slavery and stuff. and. Um, especially with like exactly. all these major, major yeah, yeah. Like it's, more to the point. Like, more to the point. Have they ever changed that amendment? Hmm? Have they changed that amendment? No, no, they're so. not. Okay, okay, all right. So it's still it's going. An on. amendment right. you can change it, <laughs> <laughs> right? It, I think it you, know, you can amend things. It's right? word, right? It, yeah. Amend <laughs> the amendment. They're not changing that amendment, y'all. Come on, get that. Right, I'm. I'm just saying, it's it's a few words, Justin. You can put a little white out. But there are, there are there are states um, outlawing private prisons. California's gonna outlaw private prisons, so Mm. that's when I like when I learned about private prisons. That's when I was like, this shit's fucked up. Like this, this world. Like motherfucking government too lazy to build your own prison. (laughs) And you have them on a stock market based on how many people they have inside inmates and shit, like. Jesus Christ. I remember they, they, they damn near crucified Michael Jordan because one of the owners of one of these prisons' name was Michael J- Jordan and he was right. whited himself. Wait, you're saying Jordan didn't actually with someone else named Michael Jordan? His name was Michael Jordan. White dude with glasses, can't you look that up. He owned a prison. He had funded some prison in somewhere in the Midwest, some nonsense. But Michael Jordan. And then you have. Our guy, because everybody hated Michael Jordan because he was so good. It was like he's investing in prison. He's swagger. <laughs> you shouldn't support Michael Jordan and his sneakers. He kills us. You know, somebody actually challenged me on that. I'm not gonna lie. I was talking to him sometimes too. And somebody said, "Let me ask you something, Justin. Do you know who works for Michael Jordan? Do you know the demographics who works for Michael Jordan?" So how do you know what he does and what he does or does not do? For all you know, he could have in that Jordan company a lot of people of color that he's putting in elevated positions that they may not get. It may not be Justin, 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 Justin. I can tell you for a fact, Michael Jordan hires more black people than anybody in there. Oh, I know that. But you know, hey man, you're gonna hate the winner every time. That's just how human beings are set up. I'm not gonna hear it. He could do better with his sneakers, though. He could. A lot of people can, but look at your man Stephon Marbury with his whack ass sneakers. You know, I had to do it. I had to because he was talking about this documentary. Documentary, So, Eric, I'm gonna give you a little background on me and Stephon Marbury, right? So, me and Stephon Marbury, I don't know him personally, but I had got into a little Instagram beef, a little social media beef with Stephon Marbury, right? Because Stephon Marbury goes on Instagram and says that LeBron James and Michael Jordan are raping black kids with their sneaker sales. And people hate me because I try to put out an affordable sneaker. So me, Jason, 
Justin knows me. I'm the same way in real life. I go on there and say, no, sir. Your sneakers were just trash. <laughs> Nobody wanted to buy your motherfucking whack-ass sneakers. Right? And we go back and forth for like an hour. All of his little fandom people get involved. And I'm going, I, I dug my heels. I dug my heels. Now I'm just going to stand on my shit. You can kick rocks. You can kick rocks. The farm barber, you a bitch. Fuck you. You know what I'm saying? It kind of got there. The bitch blocked me. I said, that's what Marbury blocked me. You made me feel like, sir. <laughs> that means yeah, I got to your skin. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, for that reason, I have a beef with Stephon Marbury forever and ever and ever and ever. I've never met this man. Never met this man. Now, back to, back to your point, Justin. These people are trying to make money. We spoke about the capitalist society earlier. Right? Why can't black people do it too? We trying to look for equality and a level playing field, right? Allow these people to make a business. You can't you have to hold people accountable. If you don't have the two hundred dollars to pay for those sneakers, don't go out there and do stupid shit to put, pay for those two hundred dollars sneakers. But they are though. Yeah. Okay. Hey man. Hey man. I mean, and you gonna say LeBron James not doing enough for the community too? I don't think anybody could say that. I don't right. That's my do. that's my point. LeBron James sneakers is two hundred dollars too. Yeah, but LeBron got a school. LeBron could do what he wants. LeBron got a school. LeBron James. And, and LeBron is just, in his presence. Michael Jordan just did the whole <laughs> hospital <laughs> thing and all that. I feel this way. LeBron James has done more for the black community than Colin Kaepernick has done. Colin Kaepernick changed up at the end of his career. LeBron James has been speaking truthfully since the start. To, to this day. That's fine. I don't want to have to have this conversation. I know, I know. Justin, I and I don't feel like you, yeah, I know. this divisive, I know, I they did more, did better, did more. That That's not, we should not be having this conversation. And I'm not going to allow you to have it on this podcast. I, I, I acknowledge you. I'm saying you're right. I shouldn't have done that. You're right. You're no. Kaepernick did What? Who the fuck cares? Kevin has done enough just by kneeling. They're both doing, they're both doing a lot. Yeah. Just by kneeling. Just by kneeling. He's done a whole shit ton. They don't they want to put him on a pedestal with Ali. You know what I'm saying? Listen, calm down, Justin. Relax. You're not everybody. It's okay. He's done a lot. That little knee did a lot. Look, look at where we at. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree, man. And I'm definitely right. like, I don't, I don't want to because I feel like this kind of conversation leads into that um people talking about um when they when we when you bring up black lives matter somebody brings up oh but blacks kill black people more often you right right i hate that. yeah right you're missing the big picture that's how i feel about those conversations so now you putting this the like everybody talking about everything is divisive and fighting and blah blah blah, blah. yeah you can't bring up those conversations if you're trying to fix shit yeah there's a lot to be done. That's cool. That's cool. It really like, like surprises me how many people like don't get um, how people struggle in this country too, right. especially in inner cities. Like, I think people are like, what? Why did they just get out and like go to do be someone of themselves? And like, you know how fucking hard that is when you, when you don't you don't have somebody to like help you with that. I barely got five hundred left in this big city. Stupid. <laughs> I know. And and I'm like, if you look at like. Let's say in the 80s, you know, a young a black man in Compton, he's probably only like four generations removed of his grandfather being a slave, you know, like, coming, like that's true. not a lot of time. 
and their perception of society has been passed over and they're like that's not a lot of time for, for you to change your mind like oh of course i go do something for us no like you're still like this world's fucked me and and so to the people that are like why don't they just go do this like i'm just like we need to sit down on a conversation at this point um they, sit down quote some bourbon it, you know? <laughs> and i i usually ask them i yeah i usually ask them do you have do you grow up with both parents mm. you know and because if if they have they probably don't get why they people grow up struggling you know and holy you know, like, oh, shit sweet, good god damn that makes so much good damn sense. Holy shit. You know, Snoop, Snoop got out of Compton, but he had a middle class, both parents at home. Right. You know, but he had cousins that didn't make it. A whole ton. You know, like it's, it's, uh, environment is massive. Wow. Uh, in, your up, in your upbringing, in your development. Justin, you ever you thought about have... that? That's literally what I told Not about. to cut you off, Eric. Yeah, but. I, I, Justin, yeah, you yeah. never brought that up. Shut up. You never said that, Justin. You never said that, Justin. Eric, you giving you all the credit for that one. That was dope. <laughs> You're not getting no credit for that, Dustin. Nope. nope. Was that what? was dope. If you weren't late, dope. you would have heard me when I pretty much made the same thing. <laughs> same thing. Stay focused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, nah, that's a dope ass concept. I never really thought about that. Absolutely did. Wow. People need to think about that part, you know? Like, people need to think about the trauma and the struggle that people grew up in um, to make sense of why they're struggling now. Why they think it's okay to, like, yeah, I'm going to go steal some Jordans from Foot Locker instead of, you know, trying to earn for it. And in the, maybe in the back of their head, they have the talent, they have, they have the skill set. They just haven't been told that they do, you know? Right. Um, that's a fact. I feel like every drug dealer is a motherfucking CEO. Jesus Christ. God, these niggas can hold it down. They can hold it down. Hold it down. They know how to retrain. They know, they know they supply know. chain. They know. Yeah, all that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if they. That's if why they, they would... um, There's a. Sorry to cut you off. There's a, a pot shop in Seattle that originated in Colorado called Diego Pelicer. The owner's from. Was grew up in Miami, um, mm -hmm. from Spain, and uh, Alejandro. But everybody, I think 85% of his staff in the Seattle store were uh, previous convicts that were released on, uh, you know, trials, um, but couldn't get jobs. So they gave them, them like paying wages, healthcare and all that stuff. They, like, right. obviously they have, they, they have a skill set. They know about cannabis. They you know, they're people pleasers, whatever it might be, can communicate right. well and give them an opportunity, you know, just give them a chance to go out there and, Absolutely. and, and empower someone that didn't have that before. Uh, they'll change their lives for sure. Right, and then that, that 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 conviction is probably gonna fuck your life up anyway. Right. You ain't gonna get no regular regular job. You gotta do something. Yeah. Little, Talk about yeah. you know correction, but there's no correcting, man. It's scar for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They kind of slash you across the face, they give you a scarlet letter yeah. every time you get. Anytime you get. Yeah. yeah. That's a dope movie. I want to. I must say that scarlet yeah. letter, dope movie. What do you guys think about Will and Jada? I feel like we have a duty to- God damn it, God damn it, God damn it. I didn't want to talk about them. I was trying to- At least a minute. With an entanglement. It really pissed me off. You know I don't want to. I don't want to get into these people's love lives, man. Because I've been in some weird situations. Yeah, that's it. And I hate when people put celebrities on pedestals. I definitely- This shit is trash. This shit is trash. I've been, I've been in my share, fair share of entanglements myself. 
I think it's poisonous to ever create relationship goals on something that's not coming from within you. You know, to look at someone else, that's lust. That's a problem. Right, right, right. You trying to, if you try to relationship your relationship off of somebody else's relationship, you're going to fuck up. Nine times out of ten. You're going to fuck it all up. Behind closed doors, you know? You don't know what goes on when they go inside the house. I don't want to. That's why the door is closed. And that's why, you know, I mean, these people lie for a living, you know, they, they're actors, they go and they become someone else on stage. So to, to have a normal love life, it's probably very difficult. No matter who the fuck you know, did y'all notice everybody talking about Will's body language? How y'all talking about an actor's body language? Nah, bro, I think he was hurting. He's giving you something. I think he was hurting. I still think he was hurting. You think Will Smith is hurt? A little bit. Okay. I mean, they've already had they've had some infidelity issues years ago. <laughs> Will and was at the tender. And and Come they talk on, about man. having open relationships and stuff. So they, you know, it's just Will had a get over. Remember, Will met Jada when Tupac was still alive. He made it through that. He loves this woman. Hurt. Leave these people out. But Jada, if you want to entangle me, please entangle me. I, I need some fun. Would, like. would you be able to accept like that if she did that to you? What? Would you be able to if accept I would that if she did that to you? If I, would I accept it? Would you accept her Just, back if she did it to you? If I, would I accept her back? Mm-hmm. That's a very um, loaded question because I don't know Jada Pinkett Smith. No, no, no. Now, we're, if we're speaking of somebody that I know, We've been together for 30 plus years. We damn near best friends. We done been through it up and down through the fire, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if I feel like she's my soulmate, somebody I want to spend the rest of my life with. Yeah, we are. I'm sure I did my fuckery too. You call me doing my stupid shit. It just ain't made the news. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think that's so. I could, I could see, I could see how they, if we want to get into their relationship, I could see how they could butt heads on that. Because I'm sure they had a conversation, like she said, they was on a split or whatever. I'm sure they had a conversation, and Will was like, "Yo, you shouldn't be fucking with that nigga," because you know you got to talk to your baby mama. And Will was probably like, "Yo, you shouldn't fuck with him. You should leave him alone." You know what I'm saying? I could see that happening. Like him saying that they had a conversation, I could see that happen. Right? But again, I, I don't worry about what them people doing in their house. Keep giving me good movies and shut the hell up. He hasn't really given us good movies this time. I kind of like the last one. What was the last the, one? The um, 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 Gemini Man. Oh, I didn't see Gemini Man. Was it good? Was it, was good? it was, it was all right. I, I don't want to say it was amazing. It was all right. It was kind of weird. He's right. I feel like I'm disappointed with Will Smith's career entirely. Like, I feel like what? he just. In what sense? What were you expecting? Godfather? I just felt like. <laughs> no, no, no. Not like his movie could be that good, but like he was on top and just to stay there, like. He was. He, he used to be up there with like Samuel, Denzel. We used to mention his name up there with him. We don't mention him anymore. Excuse me, sir? Don't put Denzel and Will Smith in the same. I don't want to disrespect Will Smith on this here podcast. But don't do that again. Denzel. We can't. He can't even stand next to them. He's not on a level. Are you, are you kidding me? 
No, but Will's and, never uh, been that kind of person when he came out, right? Will Smith came out as the first prince. Let's be real about it, right? Independence and Day. And he had to fight. That. He had to fight to get out of the Fresh Prince shadow, right? Mm-hmm. That whole Fresh Prince of me being, you know, goofy, blah, blah, blah. You had to fight out of that. And that's where you get all the Independence Days. Even in Independence Day, he was goofy. Mm-hmm. Right? It wasn't until... um. What was the name of that movie? Enemy of the State? Was it Enemy of the State? Yeah. Until he really got serious. And even in that, he was goofy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's kind of typecasted into that role. Mm. It is what it is. But I appreciate it. He's he's definitely endearing when he's, uh, like, serious, though, too. You know? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Even, like, in... Smart dude. Yeah. Like, even in Men in Black, when there's, like, serious... Yeah. (laughs) Like, seven pounds. (laughs) <laughs> That's a sad ass movie, bro. I'm sorry, man. We seven like, pounds. Oh, what's, that? what's the other one? What's the other one? Pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness. Yeah. Come on, Justin. He's not Denzel. Yeah. He got some shit. <laughs> I love Hitch. Hitch is one of my favorite Hitch movies. Is so good. Hancock, I enjoy Hitch. I don't like Hancock too much. <laughs> <Hitch>. <laughs> Hancock is gonna, <laughs> but I watch it. I watch it. I watch it because it's Will Smith. I want to see him more. But Hitch is, I I enjoy Hitch. I watch that every chance yeah. I get. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, I, you know, I'm a single man. Can I take a Can I take a, a pause real quick, guys? Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. All right, be right back. All right, the forum on ESPN. Isn't that weird? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the form is in Los Angeles. Oh yeah, old old uh, Lakers Stadium. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. But the Eagles again. I'm gonna say it's a live performance by the Eagles, not the football team. Oh, that's why you lost the band. The band. Like, huh? the band. The band. <laughs> They're performing live the at the forum. Huh? I know a song by them. I'm sure you do. They do. I'm, I've been watching it for the whole hour, but I'm just saying it's weird that ESPN has a live band. That is weird. Especially the Eagles <laughs> for a whole hour and a half. Work. Two so, hours. Wait, Quinn nine to 12 o'clock. Time. No, that's a long ass time. <laughs> so, you know, I finished at UNC. Finished that last week. I had my first interview to be a school counselor, and they gave me the job after three hours off Zoom. Couldn't believe it. Nice. One and done. Congrats. Bro, Universe I, conspires constantly. Bro, I was in therapy telling my therapist, I'm so lazy. I don't apply enough. All my classmates did 20 applications. I only did four. I'm not going to get a job. I'm going to be a loser. First interview. Boom. Pick me out of 70. Look at that. Final applicant. Let's, let's, stay on, let's stay on that therapy topic, though. I feel like a lot of people need therapy. Yeah, myself included. So, Same. I just—I mean, we just got to take. What? How did? How did? Ahead. How did you take that step? How did you? So honestly, get over that, that that little barrier. I mean, I want to become a. So I'm taking my exam in October. Uh, I'll be getting my license to become a mental health counselor. So I'll be a school counseling, and I'll be doing a regular counseling in the evenings. And I just, gotcha. like, you know, you really can't be out here giving people therapy and giving people advice for something you've never been through yourself. And you'd be really vain to think that you're so good that you got nothing to work with. You know what I mean? So 
I just kind of, I felt like I, I want to do some work for myself and make and get myself better. That way I could be a better person in society. Right, if you're going to help, for sure. That's good. Yeah, man. I, and I, and oh, honestly, God. therapy is just like, it's like what we're doing right now. This is therapeutic. You know, just mm -hmm. talking. It is. The biggest thing to me about mm -hmm. therapy is there's probably things that you've been holding on your whole life you've never told somebody. And there's so much freedom when you finally get that shit off your shoulder, you know? And get that clarity on it. So that's what therapy does yeah. for me. And it's good to talk to somebody that you know is not going to judge you. Yeah. Um, you know, there's not any sort of like pre, you know, just those bi biases there that you're just talking to a stranger, you know? Right. Yeah, I need, I've never done a session, but I, I Yeah, I can't. I, and this is weird. Like I'm, I'm, I got kind of diary of the heart. So I put myself out there a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. But there's absolutely stuff that I won't ever put out there. Right. Like pains I've had to de deal with personally. Right. Yeah. That I kind of hold on to and it affects me in different ways. Right. So like the emotions just kind of snap a lot. And so I've had to, I've had anger issues, not so much recently, because I've had to literally, <laughs> like, Jason, you can't be this way. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's without therapy. So every time I hear about it, it's like, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it possibly could help with a lot of the obstacles you put in your own way. You know what I'm saying? Just just from going through life. So that's dope, Just Why not? Yeah, that's good. That's really good. That's it, man. Don't rush yourself. Do you go... Effort. Mm -hmm. Do you go often? Do you, like, go, go occasionally or how often do you go? Mm. Well, I, um, I do therapy once a week. Nice. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. How long now? How long have I been doing this? Um, So I actually started, funny enough, the first week of the pandemic. <laughs> Jesus been, Christ! You know, good looking Rona. Because <laughs> I've been, um, it took me a while to find a counselor that I was comfortable with. So, mm, you know, I was. Got you. I can imagine that yeah, wouldn't man, be a little process. process. It just worked out that way that finally somebody lined up right when the pandemic started, and we and right, I just going the whole time. Because I'm sure I couldn't talk to no old ass white lady. Nothing against old ass white ladies, but just an old ass white lady just seems like somebody who won't connect with me. Yeah. So that that definitely can be true. I will tell you that um, one of the things that I want to do, hopefully later on in my life, with experiences, um, I want to get my doctorate and become a counselor supervisor, so that mm. I can train other people. I want to specialize in maybe cultural competencies. When you go to school for counseling, it's the only field that you're you have to take a multicultural course, so that you have some kind of a you know I is that I a new thing? Other people, huh? Is that a new thing? No, nah, um, that's it's always been that way for counseling. Really? Teachers don't, but only school counselors have to take a multicultural course. It's part of the curriculum. My high school's counseling is trash. Well, when we were growing up, school counseling was way different than what it is now. He was trash. That's why I'm asking. Maybe he didn't have to go through no cultural training because he was dumb as shit. <laughs> Mr. Malcolm. But that just kind of, that just plays also on the lack of funding for mental health in this country too, you know, like there's so much lacking Absolutely. In, Absolutely. in that aspect. Um, and Absolutely. that's another thing too, like when I talk to some of the, my police officer friends, I'm like, you guys don't know how to fucking deal with, you know, basic human emotions that are going on. 
you know, and it's, it's like, you're not trained. I'm like, it's not like you don't know how to do it. We don't have compassion, but you're not trained to do it. And that's 90% of your job is customer service. You know, that's what <laughs> it really is. Realize. It really is. Honestly, they need therapy too, man, for like 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let, listen, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to completely say we have to take all of the police money. But defund the police just simply means we don't need the military walking around the street. Yeah. I don't need cops walking around with tanks and shit. Don't yeah. need it. You know what I'm saying? hard to understand. But we need, if you're going to use all that money, put it to these people, right? You dealing with psychos in the street, um, dudes who was starving hungry and they fighting in the ghettos trying to get whatever they can scrum and scrape and the cops got to go deal with them. They definitely going to shoot at the cops. Like, I I hate cops for just what they've done to me, right? Like, I talk crazy about the cops. I say, fuck the cops all the time. I call them pigs and all that. And that's just me being emotional. Me personally. What they have personally done to me. A regular degla dude. I ain't do nothing. I ain't now here killing nobody. And y'all done made me feel like I'm a criminal, right? Like I'm an Just walking around, right? So I hate cops off of that. But I understand the taxing work you do. And it's necessary, right? Like Tupac said a long time ago, like everybody else scared of the killers and the gangsters and all that type of stuff. But we cool to live next to them? Like I'm scared of them niggas too. Like I don't want to walk down the block and have to deal with these people. Right? Like getting jumped from a gang of people because I'm just walking down the block. Right? And and this is why the police have to be trained more than a bartender. Mm-hmm. Or a hairdresser. I know we all saw that stat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, like half the hour. Come on, man. Like Less simple things like that. This is why every cop should have a therapist. A personal therapist. Every last. Can you imagine seven hundred more hours dedicated to dedicated to to mental health training? <laughs> and just walk and walk through some of those biases that you might have. Mm. Talk about that shit. Mm. Say it. And this, why do you feel that way about? It? That's what therapy's for. Because you, you can find say all that ignorant shit. You can say it to your therapist, and we're gonna walk through it. Why do you feel this way about? Yeah. It? And we gonna get through it, right? Yeah. Why do you have that pain? Right. And I think a I big thing too is they need like, to raise the minimum yeah. age too uh, for hiring cops. You know, mm-hmm. don't be hiring mm-hmm. twenty-one years old at least. College mm-hmm. degree required too. You know, like mm. a little bit mature in your like, life. Yeah, grow some hair on your balls, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. struggle a little. Yeah, yeah, go through some shit. See, see, yeah. see, see the world. Yeah. <laughs> Eat, eat top ramen for two years, you know, with your, with your, Asian, your Asian roommate. You know. you know what hurts me the most, man, is, um, you know, because I went to high school in Long Island. I got kids that I went to school with that are cops. And just hear some things they say. I'm like, yo, you used to play with me in elementary school. You know what I'm mean? like? You, you really feel this way? Like, you could do this to me, bro? We play basketball together. Like, we... I really, I really saw this work differently through our friendship, and you really making me just feel betrayed. Like I was a sucker the whole time. Like, but do that. again, I say, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna preface my every every word because people know me. 
right? I don't like cops, so I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to feel like I'm capping for the cops, right? But let's be real, man. You know what I'm saying? That this is it's not an easy gig. No, it's not. I get it. Right, and and I don't I don't want any. That's why I have an issue. I don't want anybody to walk into it thinking it's a gig. I just right? remember my thought from like a half hour ago. so when i was talking about my girlfriend's friend intasara from morocco um she was uh fuck i just lost it again damn it take a pull take a pull take Um, take a pull hit the shit it's gonna come back it's gonna come back (laughs) we were just talking about oh no so we were talking about how um police like police or law enforcement is like a boys club Right, and there's like this, like we gotta like keep the boys in house and like don't snitch and all that stuff. Like Jesus. that's a huge issue um, because that is what causes rape culture. That's what causes police brutality. That's what causes all these issues. Is that this this boys culture uh, going on? You know, in in this issue. And so like having that is like that's why like yeah, when when that's the case, all cops are bad then because the brotherhood is protecting the shit that's mm. going on. It's a fraternity, you know, right? and it's a fraternity and. And that's like a, a massive thing needs to change. And I was, I was also questioning how many police departments uh, don't test for steroids, because there's a lot of officers that do steroids. And NYPD just recently started ster- uh, testing for it, maybe ten years ago. So you have fucking oh, 300 roided, roided out cops that already have predisposed issues or, or conceptions of the worldview. Like this is it's a disaster. Eric, so like, have you ever thought to write a book? <laughs> You got some thoughts, man. I never thought about that. Hey, but I know what you mean. Like I've I've ran into a few of these people. Roided out cops. Sticking out of their sticking out of their vest looking all crazy like get out of here. Yeah, and their ball their balls are this big, you know. Oh my jeez. I think I talked about it on an episode a few maybe a few months back or so when right on the um on a Harlem, Harlem River Drive, I got pulled over. West Side Highway, that's what it was. Right off 72nd Street, a cop pulled me over. I mean, I was technically, my that is Harlem River Drive. Yeah, but um, technically. the cop, you know, he came in the car, he asked me my license, registration, but his eyes were like bulging. And I always give, you know, I was in the military, I always give my military ID first. He just looks at me, but, and it's like, he can't even talk. He's just so like ready for something. Yeah, you know, Coke only stay in the system for a certain amount of time. Hey, 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 hey. I'm just, that's, hey, I'm, obviously I'm here, so it worked out. He yeah, that's rampant. Nothing, he let me go, but my, you know, I'll say, like, yo, did you I could say it? that, I could say that on this podcast, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like a fact that Coke use is rampant within the NYPD. And Seattle PD, too. Man, like, it's, rampant. you can't, Coke goes through the system. Stiff it. You know what I'm saying? You get your little hit, and then by the time you get a test, unless you're getting it the next day. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of a lot of cops are to deal with the job. Like ready to go. This is this is what four means, you know, it's like weeding that shit out, you know, like mm-hmm. it's like a company that has a bunch of people who found a loophole and they found a way to make more money or steal or whatever. The company right you know, identifies that security breach and changes the system because it hurts the entire company. It's the exact same thing that we need to do in, in a lot of these institutions and in law enforcement, government, but that's the religion. Let's get back to where Eric 
motherfucking le- leadership is trash. Mm-hmm. They not gonna do nothing. Mm-mm. We don't need mm-hmm. to force their hands, man. Huh? We need to force their hands. That's what we were doing. Think about how much change happened since since we started protesting. We saw more change in the last few months than we've had in any election. Yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. But you gotta follow the buck, man. You gotta follow the buck, right? Like I was trying to tell somebody, I told my high school teacher, because I, I, I still talk to a few of them on Facebook, but I told my high school teacher, she's Greek, and she's like, oh, how you going to break, she posted something about the riots and stuff, right? Sorry. Like, how how you going to break your own stuff, right? And I had to, like, enlighten her. Every time we break shit, we get shit done. Every time we break shit, we get shit done. Martin Luther King gets assassinated. We break shit for a week and a half straight. They get the civil rights stuff, right? Rodney King gets beat up for a week and a half straight. The cops finally get arrested and put in, I mean, they got off, but finally got arrested, put in the court. Same thing with George, right? We had to break shit for a week and a half straight in order for the cops to get arrested. Now we might have to break shit for a week and a half straight for Breonna Taylor. Right. Been saying that, so I'm like, yeah, I think I need to turn it up because uh, this doesn't make any sense. You understand? Yeah, but but this is I'm just trying to make the point that, like, sometimes the civil unrest is necessary in order to get stuff done. Right. I'm again. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't need for us to be here now. We'll be spinning our wheels and nothing's really getting done. We kind of back it. You know. Everybody kind of being okay with a lot of the stuff that's going on, but yeah, every time we needed a needed a voice to be heard, we had to break shit. I mean, I, you know, it's kind of a sad existence, but it's literally what had to be done, right? It wasn't until we was kicking in Saks Fifth Door that people started listening, really. And then we were animals, right? And then we was animals. Now, I do think racism is something that's kind of aging now, but it's having a second win right now because it's still being taught. But I think there's just so much more white America, the youth. That I think people need to understand what rate, what you think of racism, Justin, and I, I, I can understand why you say that, right? Because what you're thinking of racism, what they put on TV, right? You expect somebody to... No, but I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to the concept of what you were trying to get into, right? Okay. So you see see on TV people coming up to you, calling you a nigga, kicking, spitting, and all that type of shit, right? This shit is a little different. It's just a little bit different. Because racism right? is a systemic thing. Right. So it's, it's, it's pervasive. It's through everything, right? So it's even the little things of me walking in the store, right, and just being in the store, somebody constantly following you or constantly eyeing you. It's racism, right? Mm-hmm. Me trying to go to a job, right? And me looking the way I do, the name I had, me not being able to get that job because of all those kind of things, it's racism. It's just a little, it's, a, it's, a, it's a just a little different. Me walking to the store, let's say I go outside right now, right? Mm-hmm. Late night, try to go to the store and the cop stops me in my neighborhood. Neighborhood I've lived in 20 plus years. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's racism. If it was any other neighborhood other than Harlem, I probably would have been okay. Right? But that's why, like, I feel like people kind of miss that. They expect racism to be that TV racism. 
I, I was speaking more to to the fans when I when I when I challenged you on that. Gotcha. Like I feel like a lot of people kind of think of racism as, oh, you don't got nobody calling you a nigga when you walk in the store. That tell people the achievement gap is a is a racist is a great it. example of the whole thing working. You know, we don't have a lot of black men that work in education. We're the lowest group to graduate. Therefore, you can't get to college, so you can't become a teacher and come back. Right, and it's the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, great segue! Great segue. Um, John Calipari, the coach. Mm-hmm. Did you? He has an initiative where he's trying to get students into um, focus more on the office side of sports. So he's okay. trying to create more um, yeah, athletic director. Yeah, I, I, I think that's dope. Not to cut you off, Eric, but I thought that was dope. I just yeah. want to throw that in there. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. That's dope, man. Like, we need to get people in the office, right? People look like us in the office. Yeah. We have a guest that's going to be coming up soon. We've had some um, – he, he wants to talk about the HBCU and, you know, this movement to – to tell the athletes to come, you know, to come to HBCUs instead of the PWIs. I've always had mixed feelings on that because I feel like, once again, you're, you're trying to put everything on one person and it's not fair. I mean, uh, I'll let you talk first, Eric. <laughs> Talking about. <laughs> I mean, I got to go to a basketball player that, that's going to Howard, which is dope, which is dope. I'm not, I'm not knocking yeah. it, but. It needs to be first of all, basketball players only stay in college for a year if they're that good. Right. So right. it's not it's not sustainable. Football players, on the other hand, they're gonna be in school for at least three years. Right. That's sustainable. That's who you need to get. And they're still not I mean, you you get you get kids that go to HBCUs to play football, but the big ones, they're still not making that move. No. Right. No, I think there should definitely be more an academic uh, focus for for student athletes. Um, for, first of all, they should get definitely get paid. Mm. um to do the job but um there i think there should be like you you know even if you can get a three-year degree by going to some extra classes or if you do like you know some side work or whatever to that's on a focus in the area but like i think these kids especially with football players you know your lifespan being five and a half six years Mm. um, and the possibility of you know you know onset dementia coming on sooner than the normal you know human being like you want to be able to like retire early and, and go do start a business or go work, do something you know and so i think it's it's on the nfl and the ncaa to push that initiative and be like no no we want you in the nfl but your your, your education your mental health is more important than you know you being on the field lighting it up for sixty thousand fans you know because mm-hmm. um, you know you can the, as the nfl's safety standards get better and i think they will um, you know, we're going to hopefully see less head injuries and stuff, but it's going to happen. You know, it's the most violent sport in, in, America, in the world. And, you know, it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. You know, women's soccer in high school leads all concussions out of all high school sports. Women's soccer, <laughs> you know, so. Uh, the, the, women's it, soccer has the most concussions? In the high school sports. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, because the girls, because the girls go, ball, they play their ass off, man. They don't, and it's a, it's a pretty big contact sport if you play rough. It's- why the women's soccer team is so good. So good. They're scrappy. They're talented and well well trained. But That's they I think I think college you. kids for sure like huh? <laughs> college kids should definitely like there should be an initiative to have them at least go go into their professional league, whatever sport, with some sort of degree or certification that they can use as soon as they're out of that league. 
Absolutely. Or even use while they're in, you know, like you can start a company while you're, you're an athlete and Russell Wilson owns mm-hmm. stake in the Seattle Sounders, you know, like you can be an, an investor, you can be doing really good things for your future while you're, you're professionally playing the sport, you know, it shouldn't be just about the shield uh, for these, for these players. Right. Totally agree. Right. Speaking of. I would, love my- it. I would, I would love to be the commissioner of the NFL. Oh, do a fucking great job. Right. I would do so much better. I would do so much better. <laughs> yeah, Roger Goodell just man. He's trash. He's a he's a politician. He's a lawyer and a politician. You know, just making his buck. Shit about to be up. And, and when people always get like uh, they're like oh these overpaid uh, overpaid athletes. I'm like why don't we talk about the owners about being overpaid? Come on now. Like, Roger Goodell makes how much? He makes sixty five million a year. Isn't that more than right. any player? But, Oh, for sure. 100%. Well, per year, yeah. I think, well, I don't know, pretty, that is uh, Patrick Mahomes now, pretty close, but pretty close. Like, you know, yeah, all that, the owners pay a salary. Um, and every owner is a billionaire, at least one time over. Yeah, there's only two. one that's not. If I remember. Yeah. So, I mean, Paul Allen on the Seahawks, you know, he, he started Microsoft and owns Vulcan International, which is one of the largest uh, real estate companies in the world. Like, I mean, that man is two, 2.5 million or something, like top eight in the world or some shit. Yeah. You know, so. Um, every owner, you know, a billionaire, point. every owner, and the, and the trailblazers, yeah. Fuck the trailblazers. Had a motherfucking stew, Bill Gates. No? What happened? We did? Paul Allen tried to sue Bill Gates and said that he was running uh, Monopoly for Microsoft. I don't know Paul Allen. Sure that. Was it, is that what, is that what I went? I don't, I might be talking shit. <laughs> I, know, I know the government the government hit Bill with an antitrust lawsuit, but I don't know if it could have been initiated by, by Paul when he got out. Yeah. Sure the Clippers is part of that crew too, right? Who? The Clippers owner. Wasn't he part of the Microsoft crew? Steve Ballmer, yeah. Yeah, Steve Ballmer. Yeah. 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 Yes. Three, three, three nerdy little kids want to start a, a software company and now look at them. Absolutely. And you know Bill Gates is the youngest of all of them? Mm-hmm. He was like a motherfucking 13 or something. Yeah, insane. And they were all seniors and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a prodigy for sure. Hate the winners, man. We try to tell people they hate winners. There's a cool documentary on on Netflix. Um, it's like four episodes. It's called Bill. I want to say, but it's about Bill Gates, and they kind of talk to him for a little bit and chop it up about his whole life and stuff. It's kind of it's dope. I enjoyed it. I've I've uh, actually sold a couple cell phones to him when I worked at AT&T in Seattle and uh, he would come in by himself, roll up in his 911 and uh, very awkward and I can't quirky. I just want you to know, he met Bill Gates, sir. <laughs> what? Told Bill Gates a cell phone? <laughs> well, he'd get a, a little Palm Pilot back in the day, but he was just an awkward, you know, hey, psst, sorry, my duck scratching. Uh, he was just an awkward, you know, quiet man that ruled the world at the point and then it was just like i have that <laughs> yeah super quiet like just kind of like eh, 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 you know but the, the nerds the nerds rule the world now man i mean it's like they, they do they run the shit man they do the brains it's good i think it's healthy man like y'all watch revenge of the nerds anybody watch the movie revenge of the oh yeah nerds? i've seen it i've definitely seen it bro <laughs> they coming <laughs> i would do the avangadas man <laughs> Medulla Oblongata. <laughs> uh, Medulla Oblongata. 
<laughs> you said what's now? <laughs> the medulla oblongata. Guys, how we looking on time, man? <laughs> how y'all feeling? Uh, it feels good. Sure? I've had a little, a few, and a few more minutes in me for sure. I like yeah, to do this. Uh, do you guys do this weekly? One more, one more topic. Yeah, absolutely. Topic. Okay. You're always welcome yeah, to come topic. back, bro. Once you, once you're there, yeah, you're hit me next week. Yeah. Yeah, hit me next week. You yeah, say one more topic. Okay, one thing. What's on? What's on your mind? One more topic. I'm gonna find the topic. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, nothing too crazy has happened today. Can't think of it. Right, July. Let let let. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Let's talk about yeah. 2020. Let's talk about the just overall so far. We here. What is this? Midway. We July. Yeah, midway. Mm-hmm. Midway through the 12. Midway through the 12. I mean, for me, it all started with Kobe. Yeah, that was that was my low point, January twenty fourth. Yeah. Oh, you started in January. Well, that, I'm saying the year in general, like this kind of just started like kind of crazy. But... The, the shitty, the shitty, shitty life of twenty twenty. Yeah. Eric, Australia, the Australia fires are pretty crazy, but Kobe, I think, is a yeah. I'm gonna oh, really care about the Australia fires or. Any of that other Seeing stuff. Koala, koala bears all burnt up. <laughs> I, 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 hey, I don't want to be a, I don't want to sound like a dick. But Kobe was definitely the first big blow. Real yeah. punch for 2020. And that was a punch in the stomach yeah. for everybody. Yeah. I think, I, yeah, so I could agree with you on that. That kind of did the ball rolling of the fuckery. Oh, hold on, hold, sorry guys, hold on one second. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Justin, that 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 kind of started it off. Kobe, because we did have the forest fires before that. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was like, "Pray for Australia." Yeah, I didn't even remember that shit to be honest. I forgot about that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because that was Kobe you know, and then the Rona. Yeah, man. We well, want this fifty cent in Ti, man. Yo, Ti really think he can, he can go versus with fifty? Is he crazy or what? Oh, you want to go? You want to you switch it that hard? <laughs> Last one. Uh, Ti really think he can do a, a battle with fifty for versus? Are you kidding me? Let's be honest, Justin. You're a DJ. You're a DJ. Ti has too much has too much of a personality for fifty cent to attack, which is what he does. And fifty cent has too much of a discography with attack records. It won't be good for it. Won't be good for Ti. And Eric, familiar with this hip hop stuff? Of course. Yeah, yeah. You fuck with yeah. Fifty Cent with the Fifties. My grandmother called him the first album. <laughs> That's another thing. Get Rich or Die Trying is actually not Fifty Cent's first album. It was Revenge of the Dog. Oh, that's Power right. Power the that's Dog. Right. That's right. On Columbia. No, then his first major release. History album is Get Rich or Die Trying. Stop that. His first his first studio album was Shadyville, but he was signed to Columbia. They 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 didn't push the product because he got shot, and it was too. So and at that point, interview when he says that my first album was Get Rich or Die Trying. Is that what you're saying right now? No, it's not. He's not lying to you. It's his first album on Shady Records. Okay, so Major none release. of the albums matter because he's not gonna play them. Right. Only song he's gonna play from any of those albums is How to Rock. No. How to Rob is that's, those power to dollar. Right. That's the only song you can play from any of those albums. Oh, first, nah. oh no. Richard Dodd. 
He got to do. He got to do the Ghetto Quran. Um, he got uh the Good Eye Young. You've been watching this, Justin. That's not how this works. How this works. Have you been watching it? It's not how 50 works. 50 doesn't do what everyone else does. That's why he's 50. What you hoping for. That's why he's not going to do it. Because Mm -hmm. he knows. He knows. He's not going to be able to put enough tracks together to fuck with T.I. I'm sorry. He's not going to be able to. I don't even know a T.I. verse. I just like T.I.'s hooks. Yeah. When you see me in the street, you show that you don't know me. But what's the verse? It's called verses, not called hooks. That's, that's why T.I.'s going to lose. Justin, Justin, huh? your personal feelings towards this hip-hop thing is, is starting to come into play. You got me talking like fucking Vito Corleone. Like, it's starting to come into play, bro. He's going to put some shit out there and it's going to kill it. Sorry. Again, you, can it work? you tell me T.I. hurts. T.I. has records with Justin Timberlake, fucking oh, Jay-Z. So does 50. <laughs> well, not Jay-Z, but with Justin Timberlake. A.O. Technology? A.O. Technology versus anything T.I. put up. Who winning? What's the T.I. Justin Timberlake song you said? Because that's what Fifi would do. He would the, 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 get this. Um, damn. See how you don't know it, but I know A.O. Technology? That's why it's just whack. A.O. Technology is trash. But you know the name of it, but you don't know the name of the song that you said is done. You brought it up. I wasn't going to think about it. <laughs> I didn't even know 50 did a song with Justin Timberlake. I mean, um, I didn't know T.I. did a song with Justin Timberlake. Um, I just, yeah, you can look at it. Yeah, he definitely did that. <laughs> but, Jesus. Justin, your bias is cool. You're from Queens. I get it. Eric, he's from Queens. I don't know if you know. <laughs> even as, uh, he, he, even, he, he even started a promo, You So Tough, and he talked about how he had uh, how you got caught with the 10 machine guns and you ain't getting, you only got a probation. Works, though, Justin. What do you mean? That's why Jadakiss won exactly how it works. They wanted to see the bars. That's what got everybody so loose. If that's what you think. 50 has everything fabulous as well. With, you remember the fabulous songs that he put up? All that nonsense he put out there? Right? Mm-hmm. He's going to do the same thing. And is going to kill him with all the big shit popping and rubber band man and all that good shit. He <laughs> hooks, man. It doesn't work like that. It's verses. You just thinking of the hooks because you're not a fan. I dig it. All right? You need to go look at T.I. Nigga. But you saying you're real shit. telling me hooks. Tell me a Tell me a T.I. verse. Tell me one of your favorite T.I. verses. One of my favorite T.I. verses. Let's see. Don't make me get into it. <laughs> um, T.I. versus D.I.P. is my favorite T.I. Oh, album. Mm. Um, he got some good ones on there. And he, got, he got a couple of tracks on there. Damn. Why don't you say to me? But that's Jay-Z's verse, not his. <laughs> yeah, watch what you want. What you say to me is that a dope song, but I can't. Bro. I hope they do it, man. I hope they just do it. I hope they cave and do it. Eric, what you feel? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you just sitting no. back there. I mean, I, I still think it's all L50 at this one, at the, on this one, but I'd like to see it for sure. Yeah. Unit records I, I, I agree. I just hope y'all know that. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not. I know it's not. 50's not going to do it. Yeah, he's not. No. But um, yeah, I, I personally think Ti just has too many um, quote unquote fan favorites. 
mm-hmm. in comparison to 50. 50 is a hood thing. Like hood people like me, we like it. You know what I'm saying? Bump the car, driving, you know, jump out, sell his dad some weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's fifty. Ti has yeah. a little more versatility, and he's. I'm gonna give you some pushback on that. Ti has a bunch of those posse cuts. Mm-hmm. You know what a posse cut is, right? Yeah. So that's when you got like six artists on one song. Mm-hmm. Ti has a ton of those, and he could pull from them, right? I mean, if 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 fifty want to pull the G and stuff out. Only the first G on the album popped. I think there's only one, right? Was there two? There was more than one, but the first one is what popped. Right? And so, I just, I don't know if he has enough, man. Unless he play all 20 songs, we can't Richard I try. I don't, I don't, I really don't think he has enough. Yeah, I'm Personally. really, I was really banking on Hey him. guys, I think I may have to, I may have to bounce out, guys. Sorry to cut it short. No, nah, no, nah, it's cool. We all, we know we get carried away. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you for doing this. Yeah, I got that dog, dogs barking and stuff, too. <laughs> I need mess in the bed, too, man. Appreciate you, Eric. No, it was good to meet I you, brother. What's up? It's just coming out, man. It's good talking. It's been years, man. Good to see you. Yeah, it's been years, man. I get to hear your voice. Definitely. It's good What's to up? see you. Let's brother. do it again next week. Absolutely. Right, let me know if the next uh, uh, podcast I'll, I'll pop on for sure. Definitely, definitely, man. Appreciate you coming yeah. out. Right, I'm actually going to drop this Appreciate up you. immediately. Talk soon, all right? All right, man. Take care. All right. Take care.